Welcome back to Bachelor of Hearts Presents Scholarship, the Real Love Boat Australia podcast that asks the question. What on earth did we just watch, Savy? Because I'm pretty sure that it wasn't the Real Love Boat Australia. I'm pretty sure that what just happened wasn't that. <laughs> I think there's been a little shift in the character of the show. I think you're right. Yeah. Mm. Some strange stuff. Some spooky stuff. <laughs> We're not doing that again. <laughs> My name is Xavier Ravetsky Noonan. I love the Real Love Boat Australia. I can't hold it in any longer. I think it's very good. And I love The Bachelor and I hate the SS coronavirus. Joining me as always for the, maybe the last time? Well, no. I mean, not. you're not going yeah. anywhere. Well, you won't be my first mate, Max Quinn, for much longer. Oh, this is true. This is true. Yeah. Uh, hi, Max. Welcome to your own podcast that you've been co-hosting with me for many years. Waving at you. Hi. What's going on? Hi. You know, uh, I am here in Ballina for a little bit, seeing my parents. Uh, it has been very nice. Listeners, I'm sorry about, firstly, audio quality, if it is a bit dodge, and also... Uh, that this might have been a little bit delayed in getting to you, but we sure have so much to get through today. Um, four sure episodes do. of The Real Love Boat Australia. Xavi, uh, I'm sure some segments that you have engineered to surprise and delight me and the listeners. Tell me everything. Yes, this is. we're going to do the last two weeks of The Real Love Boat Australia on the podcast today. So it's four episodes, and so therefore we have to try and keep that stuff short because there's so much of it, right? Yes. So, but I want to make this clear. I'm not saying this as a bit. Like I want to, <laughs> I want to keep things brief. And if it seems like that's the type of thing I would say before then wasting everybody's time by doing the longest possible, I promise you I'm not doing that on purpose. And if you're looking at the actual length of this episode and going, Xavier, you you clearly lost control of this thing partway through. It's not on purpose. It's not a bit. And I apologize in advance. Yeah, look, we are super excited to uh, get going. And uh, I'm going to do my best as well to keep us moving here through these four episodes of The Real Love Boat Australia. There is so much to talk about, including this, Dave. I think that we should begin this podcast by acknowledging that we are recording on the traditional lands of First Nations Australians. Currently, I am on Bunjalung land in uh, northern New South Wales. Xavier, where are you? Uh, I am still at BOHHQ, which is on Gadigal land. Um, and yes, you're absolutely right. We're, uh, we're, we're uh, blessed to be here. And we acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of this land, um, where both of us are recording from. Um, sovereignty was never ceded. It always was and always will be. Aboriginal land. Uh, I am so flustered about the idea of how much we have to talk about, so I don't even want to do too much anything. Let's get into a Bachelor catch-up. Yes, there's so much happening in the world of The Bachelor, I think it's worth starting there. Yes, okay, so first and foremost, this week we got a new trailer for The Bachelor Australia Season 10. 
Um, this is kind of pretty much our first proper glimpse at what's actually going on uh, mm. inside the hallowed halls, inside beyond the uh, gate that I observed in Queensland. Um, the 98-second-long promo premiered during Tuesday night's episode of The Challenge Australia and was shared on social media soon after. Uh, if you're curious about watching it, I posted it in the Osh Posting group on Facebook as well, and um, Ten are also uh, playing it very frequently during primetime. I saw it a bunch of times this week. Uh, it looks it's all like, over the telly. Yeah, it looks like we're going to have a lot to talk about on this season. Uh, in this little short clip, we see drummer Jed saying, I need a confident woman that can accept my lifestyle. Um, we see yet another overwhelmingly white cast of women. Uh, we see them, you know, briefly on a water slide at what I can assume is the Wet and Wild theme park. So, you know, it's <laughs> not all bad. Um, but the main through line of the promo, as far as I could tell, seems to be this desperate plea to the viewing public that the show will be different this time, we promise. Yes, um, yes. So we can look forward to uh, a contestant revealing that they are already seeing someone, they're in an open relationship. Mm. We haven't had that before. Um, we've got confirmation that there will be at least one woman saying, quote, maybe I'm not with the right person, implying that Maybe, and we don't know this for sure, but perhaps they will actually take advantage of having three bachelors and have a bit of the, you know, crossover type of thing, um, which of course they didn't have with Ellie and Becky's uh, double lead season. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, even the roses look different. I think we observed that in some early publicity shots or something. What was yeah, it? this is, they, they're going to uh, the furthest extent to say like, it's not your grandma's bachelor. Right. And on that topic, um, I noticed also that this video is set to the song Summer of Love by Shawn Mendes and Taney, which is mm. a song that was released last year. And just quickly, I wanted to talk about the history of the trailer music that they've used in this show um, mm. in a brand new segment that I'd like to call an extended tangent, which may or may not end up being cut out from the episode and released for free on The Bachelor of Hearts Prevents Extra Credit as a treat. Which may or may not end up being cut up from the episode and released for free on the Bachelor of Hearts presents such a credit as a treat, just like a chicken cherry cola. I don't need to write a second verse because the first was tight. And if I try it again, I might fuck up slightly. If you like what I did with the song, you can pay for Patreon because I need to or want to. Just spend a bit of your money on rent and food and my phone bill. Matt Agnew's got a new book out. I need that too. Ooh, it's the chorus and I'm still fucking singing. Why is this still going on? Sort of ironic that this jingle's for a segment about tangents that go on too long. My word. Thank you. Uh, so let's talk. I just I got very invested in in um, looking up all of these trailers again and just seeing uh, there there seems to be a difference. Yes. You know, like you were saying, this ain't your grandma's season, right? So Brooke Blurton's first look used Demi M's 2018 cover of "Feeling Good," which is a song made famous by Nina Simone in 1965. 
Jimmy Nicholson's first look used Up Where We Belong, uh, first recorded by Joe Cocker and Jennifer Warnes for the 1982 film An Officer and a Gentleman. It's another mm-hmm. kind of classic. Uh, Ellie and Becky had Dami M's 2018 version of I Say a Little Prayer, which was written in 1967. They love um, Dami. Just quietly, isn't it crazy? Like, this is a list of maybe 20 names tops or whatever that I that I assembled here. And it, 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 two of them are Demi M, and they're both from the same cover album that she put out. Isn't that bizarre? Anyway. That's wild. Someone in the production department at Channel 10 was like, we can get the rights to it, and... Right. It's good it's, for, it's and, good and it's, good, it's good for two seasons. We can squeeze two out of this. We only have to sign one contract, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, Locky season is a little bit different. Um, it had a 2019 version of Higher Love... Um, put together by Norwegian DJ and producer Kaigo, featuring r- vocals recorded by Whitney Houston in 1990, prior to her death, obviously. Um, most of the vocals recorded yes. after her death um, were not so good. Um, <laughs> but this is this is also a cover of a song from 1986 by Steve Winwood. So again, yes. we're like, you know, back, back in time a little bit. Angie Kent's season had Gloria Gaynor's uh, 1990 version of I Can't Take My Eyes Off of You, made famous mm-hmm. by Frankie Valli. Matt Agnew's season. Oh, this okay. So Matt Agnew's season did have "Real Love" by Clean Bandit and Jess Glynn in its first promo, uh, and that song was released in 2014 and has like a dancey sort of pop house beat to it. But I don't remember it being used extensively in the no. recording. Really, beyond that point, I think for the most part, it's fair to say these are predominantly songs written in an era that could not have imagined The Bachelor. You know, right? Absolutely. We had Ali Ojin. She sang and danced to the Supremes. You can't hurry, hurry love from 1966. That's right. Honey Badger season had 1977's Love Is in the Air by John Paul Young. Mm-hmm. Sophie Monk had Queen's Somebody to Love from 1976. Um, so Maddie J did have Firework by Katy Perry. So look, maybe the argument isn't bulletproof, but but bear with me. Um, Georgia Love had a modern recording of L-O-V-E, originally recorded by Nat King Cole in 1965. Um, I couldn't work out who did that new version, by the way. I wanted to credit everybody properly, but uh, even Shazam was no help. <laughs> um, okay, Richie Strawn's promo did have Shut Up and Dance by Walk the Moon, which was released in 2014. Oh, I don't know who that is. Oh, you don't remember the song Shut Up and Dance? I feel like it was a big hit. Oh, I don't remember it. Yeah, I mean, it was a big hit in 2014, maybe 2015, and then kind of, it's been seven years since then. I think I was busy. <laughs> you had other stuff on. Uh, yeah, so, you know, like, the hypothesis isn't perfect, but also making a Bachelor podcast is hard. Um, <laughs> I also I also went back and watched the first Bachelorette promo for, um, like, the first ever Bachelorette promo, right, for, for Sam Frost's season. Yeah. Um, and they were using Michael Bublé's version of Feeling Good. Yes, the same that's right. song that they had Demi Im's version of. So we didn't know it at the time, but they actually fucking gave the first and last seasons of The Bachelorette Australia kind of a perfect bookend. That's really fascinating. We didn't think about that. Yeah. Uh, we are not going to talk about Sam Wood's season with What I Did for Love by David Guetta. Um, or the first two seasons where I can't find the videos anymore. We're also not going to talk about the songs that they use for Bachelor in Paradise. Season one, Glorious, featuring Skylar Grey by Macklemore. Season two, I couldn't find anything. Uh, Season three, a remix of Love Fool by the Cardigans. Um, It seems like my thesis is kind of crumbling around me a little bit. Uh, But uh, with a few caveats, anyway, 
this new trailer seems like a change of pace. Yes, that's yes. that's what I was building to. Yes. Um, anyway, I made a uh, playlist of all those songs on Spotify, so uh, oh, I'll, I'll post that on the Patrick Fartsos Firsty group on Facebook. Why not? Fantastic. Uh, the other thing in this trailer, the on-screen text promises a new era of The Bachelor, a new location, same great drama, but they have not spelled drama the way that it is traditionally spelled. They have spelled drama... I want you to tell me how you think this is pronounced, because they have spelled um, it D-R-A-M triple A exclamation mark. Drama. I guess that's all right. To me, it reads like drama. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think drama, like that has more oh, A's at the, the start. A's in the middle. Mm. Yeah. I was going to say that I thought that it might be drummer because of what Jed does for a living. Oh, yeah, that's true. But he's not mm. the same great drummer. <laughs> no. He's a new one. And we don't know if he's great, really. Have you listened to any of his music yet? No. Still he avoiding a, it. Yeah. He put a new single out, I think, like end of September. And he's been promoting it a lot in the last week or so. Um, but I can't tell... Like, if there's a human being drumming on it or not. Right, I think okay. it's more just him singing. Um, we might have to do a separate episode about that. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> news item number two. Five years after meeting on season five of The Bachelor Australia, podcaster and author Laura Byrne and TV personality and I think podcaster as well, maybe? Uh, Matthew, Matty J. Johnson have officially tied the knot. Oh, good for them. Yeah, uh, the couple were wed in Mollymook on the south coast of New South Wales. Love Mollymook. Mollymook's beautiful, isn't it? Uh, shout out Mookies. <laughs> shout out Molly and the Mook. Uh, on Friday, November 11th, in front of friends, family, and apparently plenty of paparazzi. The Daily Mail Australia article that I was reading about this has like full quotes from their vows. So, like, they just invited somebody, I guess? I don't wow. know. Well, somebody, like, sold the scoop to the Daily Mail Australia as soon as they got out of there? I, I, I don't know. Mm. Um, and I don't know what details are important to our listeners about this, you know? It, it looks like a wedding. They're both dressed very nicely. The Instagram post about the wedding, or at least the first one, has, like, 177,000 likes or something at this time of recording. Wow. Which is major. Um Laura's co-host and co-author Brittany Hockley attended as a guest, not as a bridesmaid. Um, and it doesn't look like it was hugely attended by other Bachelor Universe folks, which mm. is probably a good thing for everyone involved. We wish the newlyweds and their two adorable daughters every success. Um, not to linger on it, but the Daily Mail Australia article that I mentioned before is the most Daily Mail Australia thing that I have ever read. <laughs> um, they really went all in on this one. Um, the piece includes phrases like, quote, highlighting her toned midsection. Um, oh, no. Plunging neckline, revealing a glimpse of the star's cleavage, oh, good um, Lord. an eye full of side boob, bare <laughs> midriff on display, cleavage on full display. My God. It's like, this is a wedding. Yeah. Let them have one day. Let them have a day and let them feel good about themselves without you perverting it with your Daily Mail Australia gayly. <laughs> I just love they look at any photo and they're like, I can see a bit of the <laughs> ankle, you know. <laughs> uh, okay, story number three. Abby Chatfield has a beer. Oh, yeah, I saw this. Yeah, and not like in the sense of yum, yum, I'm having a beer. 
Um, I know we report on a lot of things that Abby Chatfield does, but if that was it, I don't know if we'd include it in the Bachelor catch-up. She has her own beer. And, like, not in the sense that she went to a shop and bought a beer and now it's hers. Uh, she has launched a beer. And not in the sense that she has put a beer in some kind of, like, canon or trebuchet. Abby Chatfield has unveiled a brand of beer of which we're to understand that she is at least a part owner. I think that should cover it, right? Mm, mm, I believe that that will cover it. What's mm-hmm. the name of it? Uh, Abby's beer is called Spill, which I think is a very good name. It's a good name. It is available now, and I bought a Slabby Chatfield of it the <laughs> moment that I heard about it. Um, and I haven't tried it yet because I'm waiting to be in the same re- room with you, Max Quinn. Okay, we to... can definitely have a taste test of the Slubby Chatfield. Yeah. Uh, do you think Abby's beer is enough of a thing to constitute an episode? <laughs> Could we um, at the very least, a Patreon exclusive, definitely. Right, I was thinking that, like a Patreon episode where we just like drink. But I'm like, what do we do? We know anything about beer? Do we just talk about? I think we're just talking about like what it's like. Mm-hmm. What are our impressions? Are we feeling, you know? Like, more like Abby having had a... Oh, true. We'll see how much it turns us into her. How many yeah. new Instagram followers do we get by drinking it? It's true. It's true. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that we can make this beer a tax write-off. That's the reason <laughs> I ask. That's uh, so good. Excellent. Um, I also briefly wanted to touch on this, since we're talking about Abby. Mm. Um, Osher Ginsberg, who, in my opinion, is quite a cool guy. I'm not sure if I've ever voiced that on the show. No, I haven't um, heard that before. Yeah, um, has admitted that he told an intense lie to Abby on the 2019 finale of The Bachelor. Intense lie being his words. Um, in an appearance on her radio show, Hot Nights with Abby Chatfield. Mm-hmm. Abby Chatfield. <laughs> um, he admitted that he lied to her face in the final moments of the finale. Um, so while he is required to remain neutral when sending the finalists to receive their fate... He admitted that he, quote, 100% knew that she was about to get her heart broken. And he says, I have lied to you, and it is the most blatant and most intense lie I have ever told, I think, in all my years of reality television. The really hard part of my job is obfuscating the truth in an incredibly emotional moment. And I looked into your eyes and Mm. said, he's excited to see you. Um, Abby took this well. She took it with good humor. She's like, you know, I think she said, if I won, I wouldn't have had this career. Um, it's true. Which I imagine is true. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, she's obviously made the best of, and that's not the worst thing that happened to her on that season. No, no. Um, but I do think it's interesting to consider the circumstances of Osha's apology. Um, the reason being, he has definitely done this exact thing to countless other people over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but only now and only with Abby, does he feel like he has to express his remorse? Um, you know, is it partly because Abby has become such a massive cultural figure at this point that, uh, and part of her narrative of her sort of reclamation of this experience is overcoming that and how badly she was treated and stuff like that. Like, I've never heard him say this to anybody else who, who he lied to on the show, you know? That's true. It um, comes down to platform, I think, firstly. Like, I don't know that necessarily any of the other runners-up, save for Sam Frost, have uh, quite the platform. Mm. Um, Brittany Hockley, I suppose, as well. But, like, you, you're not seeing Osha on Love Uncut, right? Mm. Um, and 
to whatever extent for me it felt like for me it felt like friends talking rather than um someone on a media tour with like i didn't pick up any um intent you know um in um like a brand reputational salvaging intent or anything like that it just felt like friends talking yeah um well i'm glad that they still have a good relationship and can Mm -hmm. talk about this stuff and um yeah, I'm, you know, I'm just curious about um, the that role that Osha has and how um, it would affect you as a person, whether yeah. it's Osha or anybody else. Like, yeah, this is not, I don't think this is a field that you work in if you want to have a perfectly clear conscience. You know, right. you are going to accrue some karma debt or whatever over the Yeah, years. yeah, there's like gray area debt that you accrue. Right. I think, you know, reality TV is defined by exploitation, um, Mm -hmm. by misleading people and, um, you know, capturing their discomfort and their shame and stuff on on film, um, just as much as it is by celebrating love and joy and the positive things. But um, yeah, I just, you know, as we think about how Osh's role has changed over the years, Mm -hmm. I wonder how much of that is just like you know, the toll of, uh, behaving in a way that, you know, in a, in a normal social setting would be, uh, you know, sort of frowned upon, I guess. Right. Right. Uh, Vaco. <laughs> Here's another bit of news. Vaco has joined the cast of Love Island Australia. Did you hear about this? I, I did not know about this. Yeah. Um, Vaco has joined the cast of Love Island Australia. Yeah. Vaco, who you might remember for, being mysteriously absent from Bachelor Matt Agnew's second rose ceremony, and then she just showed up again, and nobody really knew what was going on. I remember Um, this. Or for her much-publicized off-screen relationship with fellow contestant Rachel Arrington. Rachel, that's right. Right. Uh, Vaco has joined the villa as a celebrity bombshell. Um, I unfortunately have not managed to find room in my reality TV diet for Love Island Australia this season, so I don't have a lot more to tell you. We <laughs> wish Vaco all the best for her time in the villa. Uh, and very, very lastly, do we have a tiny amount of time for a flow on BIP update? What? Yes, yes, yes. Tell us about so, Florence. Yeah, Florence is on Bachelor in Paradise US, um, and I've skimmed over some of the stuff that she's been doing, and... Um, She's still on the show. Uh, she got invited on a double date with two 23-year-old twins and a woman named Shanae. Mm, um, these great. twins are quite a bit younger than her. They're very fit. They're just, like, hired because they're, you know, it's like a um, Harley and uh, Jesse situation, basically. Yeah, yeah. This date took place at a bar presided over by Wells Adams. I don't know why they bothered leaving the regular bar presided over by Wells Adams to do this. Um It mostly seemed to include drinking tequila out of these very fit 23-year-olds' belly buttons (laughs) uh, and other sort of bar games and stuff Mm. like that. But also, for one brief moment, which I only noticed when re-watching this scene, Flo could be seen ankle-deep in an inflatable pool filled with citrus fruit that's right. Our queen Flo has brought copping the foot juice to the global stage. And we're gonna get, get, get juicy. Get so juicy, juicy, nice and juicy. Get I'm so excited. We are what, squelching the citrus fruit with our feet. Hey, concerned. Okay. Just, just straight in. At this point, I'd rather drink the foot juice and make Matt happy. So I'm just gonna cop the foot juice. 
copper foot juice. We knew it. We knew she would do it. Hell yeah. Um, so this is great. I don't know how much foot juice is getting copped over there. And hopefully um, Flo is the messenger that will really open things up for um, America. More of that, please. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Um, that concludes the Batch World catch-up. But of course, that's not the that's not what we came here to talk about. We came here, <laughs> to, talk, we came here to talk about the, the boat. And so... Let's launch quickly into a boat well float up. I promise it's not going to take that long. It might take a little while. I'm sorry. Nice but yeah. It's been a big week for Princess Cruises. Oh, um, yes. I know about this. Yes. The company around which the real love boat is designed has been in the news over the last week or so as its ship, the Majestic Princess, has docked in Sydney Harbour with hundreds of people infected with COVID on board. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm not one of them, I promise. I'm just... <laughs> New South Wales Health has confirmed the ship is at the highest COVID alert possible, and according to Marguerite Fitzgerald, the president of cruise operator Carnival Australia, there were about 800 people infected, mostly passengers. Carnival is working with New South Wales Health to ensure that COVID-positive people on board are isolating, being cared for by the staff medical team, and making safe arrangements for onward travel, including negative tests before disembarking. Okay. Um, of course, the situation is not identical, but calls to mind similar COVID clusters in the cruise operator's recent past, including, of course, the infamous 2020 outbreak on the Ruby Princess, which yes. has been linked to over 10% of Australia's earliest cases of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, incidentally, I was on the Wikipedia page for the Ruby Princess this week. Did you know you that? Yes. Um, <laughs> don't pretend to be surprised. <laughs> Did you know that the Ruby Princess was formally named in 2008 by the couple who won the first season of The Bachelorette US? No, I did not know that. Isn't that isn't that interesting? I I haven't I've have intentionally not told you who that couple is in case we end up covering that season um on Patreon or something like that, but um yes, very strange, a very small world. Wow. Wow. Uh, anyway, this is, of course, a tricky thing to have happen at the same time as the Ruby Princess class action, um, which we've talked about, that's in process uh, also at the same time as The Real Love Boat is airing. Right. Um, and I should mention, I wrote this entire news piece before episode 13 aired, and uh, we will have reason to revisit this topic again when we get there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't want to linger on the ratings for too long, um, okay, but yes. I thought I'd just do a final check-in just to be thorough, and it is really, really, really bad news. Oh, no. Uh, episode 11 had 130,000 overnight Metro viewers. That's <sighs> only 2,000 above the lowest that it's been so far. Then episode 12, which was not published anywhere I can see. Those ratings just don't exist from mm. what I can tell. Uh, episode 13 was down to 128,000, which is equal to the lowest ratings that we've seen so far. And then the finale episode, which at least as far as the Bachelor, Bachelorette usually goes, that's normally the highest rated episode of the season. Mm. Uh, in this case, the finale episode seems to have gotten just 98,000. 
thousand overnight metro oh, viewers. No. Leaving it not just the worst rated single episode of this show, but the worst rated single episode of any show that we've ever covered. Oh. Um, oh. The average overnight audience for the season, according to my calculations, is just under 150,000, um, meaning the show on the whole had less than half as many people watching as the previous lowest rated season as far as overnights go, which was Brooke's season, The Bachelorette, which we know yeah. also got a lot more viewers online and catch up and stuff. Yeah. And we don't have any of that detail for this season. So who knows? But Jeez. Not good. Yeah. 98,000 was a shock to me. I checked multiple websites because I thought they've left off a digit, right? There's a one that's missing here somewhere. Right. And, yeah. And apparently not. Yeah. Pretty rough. Okay. So, it falls to us with our audience of surely more than 98,000 listeners, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to bring people the good news of what happened on these last few episodes. Yes. And so with that, Let's bloody get into it. Let's, Let's do talk it. about The Real Love Boat Australia, Season 1, Episode 11, which aired on the 9th of November, 2022. We're in Athens, Greece, and it's time for the women to make the final decision of who they want to couple up with for the rest of the season. There will also be one more man cast off the ship. We check in on Moana and Harley, who have just spent the night in the upgrade suite, we hear a producer ask, did anything happen last night? And Harley says, nothing, nothing. A gentleman wouldn't tell. Christ. And Moana gives a cheeky little smile. I don't know what this might be implying, Max. <laughs> I wonder if you could shed any light on that. No, no, that, that to me is unclear. Yeah, who could say? Courtney and Paul are at the beautiful Lake Oh, I fucking wrote this down when I was watching the episode and I went, I'm going to remember how to pronounce that. <laughs> <laughs> At the beautiful lake <laughs> in the Athenian Riviera, where they enjoy a couple's yoga session in the scenic surrounds. Um, this is a very beautiful spot. I feel like if this area was in uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, there would definitely be some like high value items and fairies and stuff scattered around. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. After the yoga, they head out into the pristine waters. Um, there are a few people in the background just slowly swimming past them. <laughs> but uh, it uh, it doesn't stop the two of them canoodling. Courtney says, ah, I'm getting into the fields. You're just so warm and you show a lot of love. And Paul says, I know you said you don't like to kiss on the first date, but now it's the second date, can I? <laughs> and she says, he's got the feels, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of feels to it. I didn't realize these guys were such big fans of uh, the K-pop group Twice. Do you know that? You know that song, The Feels. No, you've Twice? gone past. You've gone past my level of expertise. Oh, it's a great choreography video. You should definitely watch it. <laughs> um. Anyway, they smooch in the water, and Courtney ITM saying, "We won't say that I'm in love yet." Ooh. Later on, back on land, Courtney unpacks some of the communication breakdowns that led to the end of her last relationship, and she tears up. Um, Paul seems really empath- empathetic and says this line, which I found fascinating, it just sounds like we're two broken hearts. I don't know. It's, like, that's the cheesiest line ever, but also yeah. Paul is so hot that I think maybe it works. And there's something about it that doesn't... Uh feel as bad as it should yeah maybe it's just like that i know that this man is capable of speaking french 
So <laughs> he just gets a pass. Right. Maybe that is like a really syntactically nice sentence if you said it in French. And so he sort of translated it on the fly or something. I, I, something. Sure. Yeah. Um, Courtney ITMs. I could see myself falling in love with Paul. Big move. And then she says, look at him. He looks like a hot version of Zac Efron. That's a fascinating sentence, isn't it? Isn't that wild? What is Zac Efron's star quality, if not hotness? Imagine Zac Efron being out out here, living in Byron Bay, <laughs> and catching strays on TV like this. <laughs> True. Yeah, he's just tuned in. He's like, well, he's flicked know. over to be like, what's all this about? What's this? What's this boat show? I'm going to be one of the hundred thousand odd people watching this episode, you know, and yeah, uh, and then he's going, well, fuck this. I'm not. I'm not tuning in for the finale. Good Lord. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's crazy. Um, Patty and Chelsea are at a beautiful beach, and we watch them stroll up to a couple of huge flamingo-shaped paddle boats. And Chelsea asks Patty, are you going to be okay that there's only two birds and not three? Which is a fucking hilarious callback to Keanu's entrance. Mm-hmm. I like this a lot. Um, they head out on the water and they soon learn that the flamingo boat is not really suited to the open water. So they bail on it. They jump into the ocean together. And that's the last we ever see of either of them. They are swept out to sea. And um, that is that. And that's that. Yeah. So nice um, to know them. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, th- so the the conversation they have here is like, we're going to, we're going to try and figure out you know, where things are going, you know, she's like, this is a bit of a slow burn. Chelsea says she's still processing that everything else that's happened on the ship. Yeah. Just going to, you know, they're just going to have to wait and see. They're going to tread lightly. I guess I'm summarizing it in a way that makes it seem like Chelsea's just returned from war with shell shock or whatever. (laughs) But I think this is a healthy perspective for them, right? They, they have just started hanging out, um, towards the end of the show and they're keeping it low key. And, Mm. um, Chelsea ITMs. I'd definitely go on another pate with daddy. Okay. I did a big chuckle when that came on. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, Back on the ship. I can, because we're talking about four episodes this week, I can almost barely remember that Keanu is such a big factor in this. Oh my God. Yeah. Keanu at this point is still (laughs) there. Yes. And he's doing some very obvious like villain hijinks. Um, Yes. I get, I think their hijinks could be tomfoolery. Um, Little both, I think. Yeah. Uh, shenanigans, antics, He's skylarking, horseplay, monkey business, things of that nature. <laughs> um, sidebar, I learned this week that there is a legal definition of mayhem. Did you know this? No, I did not know the that term there's a legal definition of mayhem. Has its origins in in the courts, I guess. Really, um, it means willfully and permanently disfiguring someone, resulting in the impairment of their ability to defend themselves against attack. Oh, that's what mayhem is. I didn't know that. Yeah, me neither. Hmm. This is an educational podcast. Keanu gets in the hot tub with Moana and Harley, um, just for fun, just <laughs> third wheeling, and he says. I'm keen to get to know all the girls, especially you. And Harley glares at him and he adds, are you worried I might take her off you? Not at all. And when Harley says, no, um, Keanu (laughs) goes, you like tattoos, doll? 
And they both laugh at him calling her a doll. He, like, he is locked in to whatever character he is playing. Right. He's just doing it perfectly. This is the thing. I feel like he, you know, and I don't think it's reductive to assume that maybe he has come in here with a mission and he's like, there's no real opportunity for me to make anything out of this. I might as well just, like, be chaotic. Or they've asked me to... Yeah, yeah. it seems like last episode we talked about whether or not we believed that he was doing a bit, and I'm more on the side of maybe he is doing a bit this week um, than than I was last week when, what was the thing that he didn't know how to... He didn't know that tomatoes came in different colours. That's right, yeah. Yeah, There were certain words he'd never heard before. Yeah, And like, yeah, yeah, I don't know, the bit seems to have changed, I think, between episodes, and now he's doing very classic reality TV villain... Exactly Pot that, staring, right. Just being a nuisance. Whereas before, it was much harder to pin down. <laughs> I think that's why we were debating <laughs> it so much. Because we were like, why would that be a bit? Right. But why wouldn't it? You know, anyway. Right. Um, he, uh, he also asks Harley to shout him and Moana a drink, <laughs> which is great. Uh, he... He defends... He stands by his, like, opening salvo, the one or two or three birds comment. Um, he says, I'm not here to make guy friends. Like, this is just classic. He's, like, ticking every box yeah. of the reality TV villain. And within yeah. a very short time frame, too, you know? Um, later on, he very briefly corners Moana, um, and like, without Harley being there. And he says, what is your type? Like, it's not Harley, is it? Um, and then he sort of grandstand. He's like showboating in front of her by doing exactly one push up. Like all of this is very entertaining. I was really I'm funny. Delighted. Yeah. It's like this is great television. Yeah, for sure. Because it's like he's playing a cartoon character. He's essentially being yeah. like Pepe Le Pew, you know? Johnny Bravo. Right. Totally. Yeah. Uh, Katie and Jack explore the city of Athens. We don't see very much of it. Um, before they end up at a bar where they are given the reins to make each other cocktails. Um, the principal sponsor of this show, outside of Princess Cruises, is Cointro. Qu- yes. Cointro? Cointro. Um, and if I were them, I would be a bit annoyed that there was this cocktail-making segment with no Cointro visible. That's, anyway. yeah, fascinating. Yeah. They were like, oh, we're trying a local Greek, uh, you know, spirit of some kind or whatever. And they're pouring a lot of things from unmarked bottles. Mm. Strange. Anyway, um, there's nothing to talk about on this date. Maybe that's why. Maybe the sponsors were like, look, you don't have to force it on the dates where there's not really going to be like a big romantic payoff. Um, There's not a huge amount going on. It goes fairly well. They don't show very much of this date. Yep. Yep. Um, Moving on. With everybody back on the boat... The Keanu storyline develops, um, I guess. Uh, Everybody is a bit surprised to hear about his behavior towards Moana. Um, Harley remains confident, but is clearly a little bit tense about this whole situation. Harley is, of course, feeling uncomfortable because he's being challenged by some man. And, like, the thing about Keanu is that his confidence is so, like, irrationally high that (laughs) it presents as a challenge because for the sheer... um, like the the sheer obstacle of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not like he's threatened in a romantic sense, but he right. is threatened in the sense that it is like, how do I get around this? Yeah, it's like it's the it's the 
it's the spectacle more so than it is. Like, he's like, I don't know how to... It's like a, it's like when a bird gets into the classroom or whatever. Oh, my God, yes. You know? He's just yep. like, I am reacting. Uh, what do is, I do to every this? Every muscle yes. in my body is, like, yep. seizing up because it's very unfamiliar. Not yep. necessarily, like, I'm worried that the bird is going to get with my schoolyard crush or whatever. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Although... <laughs> that happened to me. <laughs> Did it yeah. I know, I told everybody that me and Evie broke up and it was very mutual and stuff, but really it was actually a bird. Yeah, she she's with a, a gull now. Yeah, mm. she got a new girlfriend. She kissed yeah. a gull and she liked it. <sighs> funny. You're a funny man. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, when, when Keanu grabs Moana again for another little chat... Harley walks over to bring her another drink. He's just sort of making his presence known. I thought that yep. was quite good. I like this. This is non-threatening, but it is also a boundary drawing in a in a way or something like that. You know, yeah, like he's, he's clear. He's clear about not making it like I'm keeping my eye on you or whatever. Like it, he doesn't overstep that or whatever. He's just like, hey, I'm just I'm still here. And you're here if still you need. Here. You know, yeah, exactly. Right. Um. Moana asks who else Keanu might be interested in. <laughs> She's like, okay, uh, cool. So you like me. That's interesting. Anyway, uh, on another topic. Yeah. Um, and he mentions Chelsea. Of course, everybody fucking likes Chelsea. Um, but also Katie. Um, mm-hmm. And Moana vouches for Katie, saying she's in here for the right reasons. She's been in a rough spot where she's had guys try and use her as a ticket to stay here. And mm. she deserves so much more than that. So if it's not genuine, don't go there. But she does kind of give him the blessing to at least mm-hmm. go and chat to her. So then we see him pull Chelsea, <laughs> not Katie. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, and Chelsea says, so for me, the fact that we fist bumped at the end, uh, probably is a sign that we wouldn't mesh that well as a couple. Um, and then he pulls Katie after being rejected by Chelsea and in a fairly Frankenbitten ITM, I will admit that this is probably not what he actually said. Mm -hmm. Um, we hear him say, you've just got to look after yourself. Like, I just need a ticket to stay on here. Like, the exact same wording <laughs> that Moana used. It was very funny. Yeah, yeah. Just, it feels like this is not exactly what he said, but it is such juicy editing that I can't yeah. I can't let it, um, it, it at least feels like it, it could be part of his character. Right, and I think the parallel is just irresistible. I oh, yeah, oh, much. yeah. Um, Katie does not seem remotely interested in... Keanu, uh, there's a little bit cut out of this conversation that I assume is her telling him this outright, um, which they can't spoil at this point. But I feel mm. like there's a little piece missing where I think it's her just going like, "Just don't bother. Just like, <laughs> let's just not waste our time." Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, time to head to the Lido deck for the cast-off ceremony. So the boys make their pitches, and at this point in the show, there are no surprises left to be had. Jack pitches for Katie, Jesse pitches for Michaela, Jay pitches for Sally, Patty pitches for Chelsea, Paul pitches for Courtney, Harley pitches for Moana, and Keanu is last, and he has a bit of an uphill battle ahead of him <laughs> with all those other couples, um, especially because he doesn't quite seem to understand how the ceremony works. <laughs> 
So he says, the girl I'm going to pick tonight. And then Darren interrupts saying, you're not choosing, just to be no. fair. You're pitching. Yep. <laughs> and then Keanu says, instead of the girl I'm going to pick tonight, he says, so the girl I'm going to choose. <laughs> and then Darren says, pitch. And then Keanu says, so the pitch I'm going to choose is Katie. <laughs> Oh, this is really funny. Um, really Katie says, good. I'm very flattered. Thank you. Um, you didn't even ask me one thing about myself. <laughs> uh, and Keanu replies, the main reason I'm pitching for you is I do well. Yeah, I will probably find a connection with you, but we'll find out. <laughs> good Lord. He's so funny. He is so He is such good casting, and I'm sad that. I, I, in fact, let me say, I think that this is not the last that we've seen of Keanu on Australian reality TV. I reckon you could well be right. He would fit in in a bunch of other shows. Mm, put him on The Challenge, put him on Love Island. I True. can't wait. I do have to say, he strikes me as a better character for two episodes than for like six episodes. Definitely. You know, like I think when they were picking, and I think it's probably fair for us to assume that both Keanu and um, Dalton were cast because they are... Um, somewhat unpleasant. <laughs> you know, yes. Like, they probably had an idea in mind that they would both uh, be sort of uh, focus of negative attention, maybe a villain yes. type character. Yes. And I think they made the, the right choice. Not that they necessarily con- control all of this, but I think it worked out well that we had Dalton, as much as I don't like Dalton, didn't like <laughs> watching him. He makes more sense as a, as a longer character arc. Than I agree. Keanu. Yeah, there's something that was... Um less abrasive about Dalton. Yeah, and I think the dose that we got of Keanu was just, like, perfectly... Like, you know, like, sometimes on The Bachelor, they'll have a really horrible person who is just there for one night or whatever. Just the mayor of Noosa. Right, totally. Yeah, good example. I think maybe he was there for, like, two episodes, but that's about it. Yeah. I feel like sometimes they introduce somebody who's just, like, really rich and is like, I'm a business owner and I'm a landlord and I drove into the Bachelor Mansion with my very fast big sports car or whatever. Speaking of Stu Londie... (laughs) Not even who I meant, but... He uh... just bought the Shores Bay Hotel in Ballina. Oh, that's lovely. Wait, why would you know that? Uh, well, because the Shores Bay Hotel is in Ballina, and I don't know if we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but Ballina, where I'm from. Wait, hang on. What? what? This I know. has never come up before. This no, I know. It's a very weird thing that we don't talk about Why would about you this. keep that from me? It's been years, and I have been hiding it. Yeah. Okay, well, that's interesting. We'll have to have some conversations about that. Um, you will be shocked to hear how the women's choices turn out. Um, <laughs> Max, I know you watched it, but if any of our listeners haven't been following along, this will, you know... Make sure you've taken your heart medication. <laughs> uh, Sally picks Jay. Moana picks Harley. Katie picks Jack. Michaela picks Jesse. Courtney picks Paul. And Chelsea picks Patty. So, oh no, it's a farewell to Keanu. Uh, we see what I guess we're led to assume are his final words in ITM. These are at least the final words we see from him where he says, First thing I'm going to do is slide into Moana's DMs and I know she's going to reply. Harley's not going to like that, but at the end of the day, I don't think they're going to be together after. That's that so funny. Interesting, isn't it? Um, and it's at this point that Darren reveals that the remaining couples will finally be given the opportunity to move into the same cabin for the rest of the voyage. Um, not actually, I realize now that I've said that, not all the same cabin. They're all sleeping in one queen bed. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It's big brother rules. 
Um, well, the challenge. I've noticed the challenge. The place they're staying is fucking awful. Yeah, we'll yeah. We'll have to talk about the challenge maybe at the end of this episode. We'll see how long it gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so as the ship begins to head to Santorini, we get a big, loud record scratch sound effect, and Darren in voiceover says, "Freeze! Nobody move! This is not the end of the show." And this is very odd. For some reason, um, clearly, in my opinion, after these episodes were finished and put together, yeah. uh, the decision has been made to add another 10 minutes of footage onto the end of this episode mm. and trim down the following episode accordingly. Yes. And it's a pretty patchy job. Um, they simply had to do the best they could for whatever reason. Right. Like someone's gotten into the studio this week. This seems like it was rushed together. Yeah. Someone's been like, uh, 10 news has a big story or, you know, whatever it is. There's like, a scoop. Yeah. Something's happening. There's some soccer game on or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it is funny to watch like the very end of this episode that we've already been watching for over an hour where like they have little Chirons on the lower third popping up, like telling us these people's names that we've been watching yeah. for an hour. Yeah. Um, and also because of this, the, the episode doesn't really build to anything either. Like the narrative... There's nothing at the end and the start of the next episode is flat also. Yeah. It's very strange. Um, but, mm. you know, essentially with the ratings that this show is getting, um, they just kind of have to take it. You know, I think like mm -hmm. whatever else is on TV is more of a priority for them at this point, I would imagine. Um, as, as much as I hate to say it, so, yeah, we check in on who's moving in together. Jay and Sally will, of course, be making the move. They are glad that the show has finally caught up to them. Uh, Michaela and Jesse are similarly confident as they move to their new quarters. Um, their conversation revolves around this shared pet peeve of wet towels being left on the floor. And Jesse sort of one-ups her, maybe, by making a big deal about hanging the floor mat up. This is a big plot thread. Yeah, I don't really understand why this is important, but go off. Yeah, I don't understand either, but it seems to be like the one, their one, their first fight or whatever. You know? <laughs> it's like the one point that you can um, split these two up between. You know, like uh, yeah. Jesse does it and Michaela doesn't do it. And, uh, you know, she says, you've got to let some things slide. I'm just like, I'm amazed that this is taking Slide so around much. on the floor, more like, <laughs> if you don't hang up the bath mat. Yeah. Um, yeah, really interesting point of conversation. I was so yeah. glad that they tacked this on to the end of the really, episode. Really, really useful for us at the end there. Yeah. Uh, Moana and Harley are keen for the opportunity to spend some more time together. And Harley seems to, um, similar to his brother, have a bit of a clean streak. He tells her the toothbrushes all have to be facing the right way. Okay. Um, and she like squeals with delight when <laughs> just how pedantic he is. I thought this yep. was a really funny moment. Yeah. Um, two of the couples have opted out of moving in together. Patty and Chelsea, who just decided that they were going to take things slow. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. And Katie and Jack, who similarly are keen to see how things go, but they don't want to rush into anything just yet. And then we have Courtney and Paul, and we watch them wheel their bags in together and check out the view from their balcony. But then in ITM, Courtney says, I did have some doubt in my mind because it's very, very scary knowing that someone may be more into you than you are to them. Right. Shit, have I made the wrong decision? And that is the end of the episode. Which <laughs> is 
so weird. Why didn't they just tell you whether or not they were going to move in together? Right, exactly, exactly. Just say they move in together. Very odd. But it's at this point that we will dive into our next recap. I think we're doing okay. We're keeping it we're doing good. brief. The Real Love Boat Australia, Season 1, Episode 12, aired the 10th of November 2022. And luckily, the, fucking nothing happens in most of these episodes. <laughs> As the Real Love Boat begins to practice Santorini, despite having no crystal ball... <laughs> Sublime. It mm-hmm. was. Oh, thank you. Um, everybody is predicting another day full of romance. Uh, however, in his opening narration, Darren tells us that today, whether they're shacked up or not, all the remaining couples will be subjected to something called the honesty lunch. This is so funny. <laughs> I feel like that's like your, uh, weakest link sound effect. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, and moments later, they make their way to the deck where Hannah and Duty are waiting for them at a big table with a huge Greek feast laid out for them. The Honesty Lunch is such a good name. <laughs> I, I thought Bull of Banquet was good. I like the, you know, alliteration, but The Honesty Lunch? This, it, like, it just feels like the Aldi version of whatever <laughs> Married at First Sight has done. Oh, true. I wonder what they call it on that. I've never really watched maps. I can't bear Just dinner it. party, it has to be, right? I guess so, yeah. Uh, Hannah says this is a chance for them to have an honest conversation, no shit, uh, with each couple about where they are in their relationships, where they see them going, and afterwards, all of them will rank the other couples based on who has the best chance of continuing their love story when they leave the ship, with the lowest ranked couple being sent home tonight. Okay. I'm making this very clear, even though this does not end up being what happens, but we'll get there. Harley and Moana go first. They say it's been smooth sailing so far. Pretty good. Um, So naturally, the Cupids try and pick that apart. This is Mm. kind of what this segment is. Mm -hmm. Um, Hannah tries to drive a wedge between them because Harley's very into fitness and Moana is not a gym girl. Harley matters. No, exactly. Holly says, Jim's a massive part of my life. And Moana says, I don't really like it. And I don't want to like it. I really (laughs) enjoy not having things in common with my partners. You get to have your own life. I get to have mine. Could not be clear about how this is a non-issue, but it takes five minutes of scream time. Great. (laughs) Jay and Sally are next. Hannah asks what the plan might be since they both live in different states on other ends of the country with their kids. Um, and they say they haven't really made exact plans, but they're determined to work it out together. Um, they briefly... This feels like a bigger one. Yeah, that feels like a legit, like, thing to be concerned about. But also, it's like, they don't necessarily have to find the answer to that question right away. No. Like, you know, they'll figure something out if they want to, right? Exactly. They briefly entertain the idea that Jay is more of a party animal than Sally, so that might cause some friction. Um, but ultimately that kind of gets dropped as well. Sally says, I want somebody that brings out the fun side of me. Uh, Jay agrees, you know, and it's not his whole life anyway. Right. Uh, There is the tiniest bit of suspense to this, as you said, like there's, you know, there's, there's some, there's a world in which this is a question that needs answering. There are stakes. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't believe for a second that they are the least likely couple to stay together on the outside, which seems to be how they're trying to sell this. 
Michaela and Jesse are next. They're both quite young. So are they ready for a committed relationship? Um, and <laughs> these guys could not be more like Jesse is like, I do want to be a young dad. Um, you have to be together for free for a few years and build that relationship before that happens. Mm. So I'm excited to see if it's with Michaela. Like they are so locked in. We will talk yeah. more about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, both of these twins, they both came in here ready to get like wiped up. Yeah, truly. Like they're like, yeah, I'm what, 23 or something? Three? Like the, yeah. yeah. They're like, lock it in. I'm done. Yeah. <sighs> uh, Jack and Katie are doing okay, but it's early days. Um, and Jack is feeling some pressure to really form a proper relationship. Um, and Katie is feeling positive about it, but she, you know, she says she had an amazing time on their date, but she also describes it as something that she might do with her friends. So while, you know, a romance might bloom from this sort of friendship, you know, it's like good quality soil that something could burst from. (laughs) Um, It feels like it might take some time to get there. We're not quite there yet. Yeah. We've got to water the soil. Right. Um, Patty and Chelsea. You know, Good advice. This podcast could go that long. <laughs> Patty and Chelsea are still beginning to get to know each other and they're holding back a bit and they're taking it slow, um, which is smart, but uh, you get the sense that maybe that might not make them seem like the most appealing pick to, you know, right. like people might just be like, well, you know, they only just started seeing each other. So how long could it possibly last? I don't right. Know. Exactly. And then we get to Paul and Courtney and Courtney's Courtney. Um, Paul thinks it's going really well, but Courtney starts to tear up and says, I'm going to be honest here because this is what we're here for, um, at the honesty lunch. (laughs) She says, when I meet guys, they usually tend to not put so much investment into me. And I don't know why, but I chase that. I chase when someone doesn't want me. When someone does, I back off and I don't know why I do that. I feel as if right now it's a lot. I haven't experienced this where someone gives everything to me. It's beautiful having someone who is so honest and open and looks into your eyes and actually wants to hear every bit of your thoughts, but I just don't know. It's just too much right now. I'm scared that we're moving too fast. I can feel myself pulling back a lot. I feel a bit too smothered. Okay. Hmm. Why are you on the show? That's the tricky part, isn't it? It's like, That's the question. Why are you on the show? Yeah. The impression I get is maybe she didn't realize how... Like, it's the show has opened these feelings up in a way that her real life hadn't, you know? Like, okay. She maybe didn't realize how much of an impact her previous relationship had had or was continuing mm-hmm. to have or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's only now that she's in this particular scenario that that's becoming clear. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it is one of those things where like, once you see this, you're like, okay, well, you know, like maybe this changes things. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. Paul is very respectful, even though he's a bit taken aback by it. Um, He apologizes for his role in this. um, And in ITM, he says he was close to tears as well. I really like Paul. I think he's pretty good. Paul's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then we see Courtney being comforted by Michaela. Uh, Courtney feels bad for leading Paul on. Michaela says she came off the back of a very toxic relationship and 
you know, the, there's a very strong contrast between that and this, and that might be what's got her so mixed up. Courtney says, I know he's a beautiful person. I don't want to leave this experience regretting not giving it my all. Michaela says, yeah. you need to hear this. Put yourself first. Choose you before you choose anyone else. We've got one week left. You need to let your walls down, give him a little bit of a chance, and you can say that you've tried. Which I think is pretty good advice. That's great yeah. advice. If you can bear it, like, do as much as you can right right now so that you'll feel like you did as much as you could. Yeah, you try your hardest to make it happen in whatever way you can. Right. Um, and even if that's not very much, you know, even if mm. trying your hardest means leaving soon. Um, yes. You know, I think I think she takes that to heart. Um, and Courtney agrees and they share a hug. And I just think this is another... We've, we've been touching on these all throughout. Another just really tender moment of friendship. Friendship. Um, friendship, exactly. It, this is like a show that has been full of these nice moments of people learning and growing and figuring stuff out mm -hmm. in a way that sounds very cheesy. I think that is the strength of this show. Mm -hmm. That's the part that I've been cherishing the most. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to highlight this one too. We see everybody weighing up who they're going to vote for. There's a little, it's a little voting montage. They've all got little slips of paper. They're all going, Hmm, who do we, Hmm. They're talking about all the options. They're giving a thumbs up or a thumbs down. They're trying on all the different outfits while Pretty Woman by Roy Orbison <laughs> plays in the background. <laughs> um, we cut to Paul and Courtney's room where he is checking in on her. Um, and she says, I just need you to, in the best and most respectful way that I can say this without hurting your feelings, just don't be so much on me. It's nothing against you. It's just, this is very fast moving. I think I need to move back by myself. And Paul says, listen, honestly, that decision that you've made, I seriously totally respect that. Just take the time that you need. I know you and I could go quite far together. That's why I'm willing to just wait. Paul's good. good. Yeah. Um, when he said, I know you and I could go quite far together. I'm like, Oh, Paul, don't hit the accelerator again. But I don't think that's yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. So the boat heads towards Couture in Montenegro. And it is at this exact moment, three quarters of the way through the 12th episode of this TV show via voiceover from Darren that we learn that one couple will be crowned our winners and walk away with a luxury cruise and $10,000. This is so funny. Isn't this bizarre? How, how did this get decided? Who chose this? Or were they like, well, well, shit, we don't have an ending? This, for me, was just <laughs> like the point at which the entire show falls off the rails. The fact that prize money is part of it now, or yeah. maybe it always was and they never mentioned it. That's a, that's a question I have. Like, I don't know. If you're signing the contract, I guess we'll find this out eventually after a few months, but like, if you're signing the contract to appear on this show, does mm. that contract say, you know, it, this is a competition? Because like, a competition where you can win money has to be legally, thoroughly checked. There are of government course. rules about it. You have to pay yeah. certain taxes on it and stuff like that. So like, you would think maybe that was in the initial contract, unless the initial contract was like, we reserve the right to give or not give yeah. Any amount of money or prizes or whatever. Yeah. 
I don't know. This whole thing is so strange. And it's so weird that as an audience member, this is dropped on you (laughs) so close to the end (laughs) and close to the end of an episode and in voiceover. Like, how does Uh, that end up being the thing that happens? Who, who, I have so many questions about how this was decided. And we talk about this show from a construction standpoint and, this has been, I would argue, a pretty well constructed show from go to woe. Um, There's been a in, lot of ed- like good editing, like yeah. Good. I think one thing I've never mentioned on here that I really like about this show is that it seems to have been designed with a two episode per week structure in mind. Yep. So unlike something like The Bachelor, where we're sort of rushing through stuff, or unlike a show like uh, what's on Five Nights a Week or whatever, where they have to stretch everything out. Survivor. Yeah. Um, although Survivor's got a really good... Uh, Survivor's, Survivor's similar to Bachelor, I think, in like each episode is its own thing with a thing you can expect to see at the end and that kind of thing. Yeah. But I think here having things you can expect to see on the Wednesday night episode and things you can expect to see on the Thursday night episode and they always pretty much stay, stay to that structure, I think is really good for the flow of this show. It's been really well, like for lack of a better word, storyboarded. Yeah. And it has been like everything about the the um, show has been self-aware up until yeah. this point, I think, right? Like there's a knowing wink to what this was. We know where this is going. Mm-hmm. Like it had a really good sense of identity. And this, for me, is an identity disruptor. Especially because we talk about prize money changes the way that we view everyone's motivations. Absolutely. You know, it is different to be competing on a show for, um, you know, it's the reason that the Bachelor franchise hides and tries not to talk about the fact that when you go on the show, you get a lot of followers and then you can become an influencer. Right. You don't have to really... You know, you don't have to work a desk job anymore if you don't want to, assuming things go well and you play by the rules and yada yada. Yeah. But they don't like to talk about that stuff because they want to make it seem like everyone is just there to find love. That's the right reasons. Yes, exactly. And all of that stuff gets obfuscated if something like prize money gets introduced. Now, obviously, it's not a huge amount of prize money. No, that's the other thing. It's $5,000 each, which as far as reality television prize money goes, has to be the smallest amount of prize money ever on Australian I, I'm television. I'm not sure if I've ever seen this little prize money, apart from like, uh, you know, someone doing really badly at Deal or No Deal or something. Oh, yeah, you know, or Millionaire like, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, but in terms of reality TV, like for people who have given up an entire, you know, season of their lives or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, and I don't think anybody's upset about it, because as we've said, obviously, there is a show... That um, uh, you know, The Bachelor is a show where they don't give any prize money. There's no and, prize like, money. That's right. Nobody really complains about that. Obviously, there are other benefits and that kind of thing. Um, maybe the fi- maybe the small amount of money is introduced at the end once they realize that I don't know. Do they have a feeling that this thing is not going to rate super well? These people's Instagrams and stuff aren't necessarily going to take off in the way that you might expect from another show. I don't think it's... Um, they couldn't tell. They would. They uh, yeah, would... I don't think it's necessarily that. I think it's more that they think that they don't have an ending. Right, yeah, that makes sense. Um, you've got to build towards something, and at this point they've figured out, because this is the one that shot before the US one, right? Yeah. And so I would say what happened is that they went, we'll do the Australian one first. Um, oh, shit, we're halfway through. We really don't know how we're going to end this thing. Hmm. And so we need to introduce some artificial stakes, which is what happened. Yeah. And then they went away and they iterated 
to create the US version, which mm. is how they ended up with all the weird competitions and all that other right, right. all that other jazz because the first uh, version of this didn't like clearly they ran into a big problem where there was no, no um, there was no apex to work toward. Yes, which we'll talk about as we get towards the ending. It is, it's a great comparison with the American one because the American one, the romantic stakes don't seem... Like, the, the interpersonal dynamics don't seem anywhere near as interesting or True. Uh, realistic as as we have seen here. Yeah, and that, yeah. because of who we are and what we look for in these shows, has been great for us with the Australian version. And it's part of the reason, I guess, that the American version feels so weird is because they're doing challenges and they're, you know, um, in in a way that maybe people do on American Batchy and stuff as well, like being in a relationship because it looks good and it'll keep uh-huh. them there and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas there's much less gain to be, you know, there's much less to be gained from doing that on the Australian version. Absolutely. All right. We're very smart. Max, thank you for that insight. Um, so as we head to what they call the couples cast off ceremony or the CCOC, um, yeah, you know me. Uh, Courtney ITMs, what have I done? There is a definite chance after what has unfolded on the honesty table that we could be going home. The honesty table! No. No, no one's clear on the verbiage at this point, are they? I love this! It's the, really The idea good. that it's, it's not the... It's not the artificial stakes of the lunch, that the, the event that they were taken to. There's just a table that they have on board this ship that you can't lie at. Table, table on the ship. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we, uh, we go around the horn. We check back in on everyone. I'm skipping over it. We work through which couples are safe. Michaela and Jesse, Sally and Jay, Moana and Harley, Patty and Chelsea, and finally, Courtney and Paul. Courtney says she's happy to still be here despite the toll that the day has taken on her. And Paul says he can't wait to get to know Courtney more and more. And so it is a fond farewell to Jack and Katie. Ahoy. Ahoy. What's the goodbye version of ahoy? I don't know. I think it's like in Hawaii where they, uh, aloha means hello and goodbye. Right. Yeah. Um, Jack says this experience has been unlike any other he's ever had, but in ITM he says, Me and Koi <laughs> me, me and Koi are really good friends. She's a great girl, but it's not there, and I can't pretend that it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Katie I fucking love that they invited Hagrid on this ship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, rest in peace? Did he yeah. just die? Yeah. Oh. I think he defended J.K. Rowling's uh, anti-trans mm. situation. Well, I don't know. He's a dead guy. We shouldn't probably. Anyway. Uh, Katie is showered with praise by Darren, who says, quote, Your personality is so charismatic and electric, uh, electric and contagious. We have all prayed that you'd find what you were looking for on this ship, but there is a man out there for you. Katie thanks everyone, saying, I've never laughed as hard in my life and as often. They all hug, and she ITMs, I've had the best time ever, and guess what, Australia, I'm still single. Very nice. Feels like a threat. I'm so glad that there are still two more episodes to talk about, because that one had a pretty anticlimactic ending. Can you imagine if that was the episode? 
and yeah. beginning. Yeah, I mean, honestly, all four episodes have their share of anticlimax. I think between <laughs> all of them, there is some really remember, great stuff. I just remember what happened at the end of the end. <laughs> oh boy, that I can't wait. Listen, is no anticlimax. This friends. is as good of a hook as I can give you. The end of this show is utterly bizarre. Stick yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before we do that, let's talk about The Real Love Boat Australia Season 1, Episode 13, which aired on the 16th of November, 2022. We arrive in Kator, which Darren describes as the perfect backdrop for romance, and which Wikipedia describes as an action role-playing video game released in 2003, which takes place in the fictional universe of Star Wars. Oh, really? Because I was just looking um, here... And the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines it as the business of designing, making, and selling fashionable custom-made clothing. <laughs> Category is jokes about couture. <laughs> <laughs> really good. Uh, we spend the first chunk catching up with everyone again. Courtney and Paul feel like they've made the right choice. Chelsea and Patty are still finding some moments to be together despite not being in the same room. Sally and Jay are... Well, Sally and Jay, um, there is a nice moment where Michaela and Moana are sitting with the twins. The, yeah. the four of them are on screen. And Michaela and Moana are both hanging shit on them for being neat freaks. Yeah, it's really lovely. Like, there's this shared moment of both of them realizing that both of the twins have this, you know, quirk. Yeah. Um, at which point, it occurred to me that... Both of the twins have ended up with a woman with a three-syllable name starting with M and ending with A. Like, that's interesting, right? Like, linguistically speaking, they seem to have a type? Yes. Yes, absolutely. That they have a uh, a, a type with a vowel sound um, right. and a common consonant. Um, like, they, the... their search term when they go on Pornhub or whatever like <laughs> M blank blank A, you know? Um. <laughs> Twin stepsister <laughs> M blank blank A. Uh huh. Great. <laughs> um, they buy M blank blank A magazine. You know. <laughs> F H blank 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 M. <laughs> they must love Madonna. They must oh. love uh, who else? Come on. <laughs> Um, moving on uh. <laughs> yeah I also couldn't think of one um, the cupids reveal that tomorrow night there will be a bride and groom ball another thing with a name <laughs> love love more um, bride and groom ball and then she's like but you don't have to actually get married I'm like well why did you call it that right so the the couples at this bride and groom ball they will have to tell the story of how they met in front of real guests who are real people from the cruise ship who have been married for years. Or, you know, they're, oh. they're actual couples and they're, the idea is that they will give some advice. They will be able to lead them. So it is, of course, time for the sacred gathering of the Council of the Elders. <laughs> I love... When there is a sacred gathering of the Council of the Elders, you see it now and then on Batchy. Um, I think more commonly in 
American Badgie. Like, if they are doing international travel, they will just happen upon, you know, they will just happen to be walking past an elderly couple who are, like, sitting on a bench feeding pigeons or whatever. And then they yeah. will just sit down and talk with them and be like, Ah, oh, yes, we've been together for 61 years. The secret is drinking plenty of water. You know, like... <laughs> the um, secret is drinking. Yeah, the secret is drinking. Um, I I always enjoy this, but yes, in this in this instance, the the wise ones um, will vote on how the couple's love stories resonate, um, and they will cast out the two couples who do not earn their favor. Um, so it is a pens and notebooks episode. Um, essentially, this is kind of another reality TV trope. Um, and it's an opportunity for some flashbacks and for some just sitting quietly and reflecting. Um, Chelsea says she and Patty have found a connection that they didn't thought would be there and adds, quote, we are the walking real love boat. What? <laughs> I thought that this was the funniest <laughs> quote of the entire series. Boat shouldn't walk. That to me, that image of a ship <laughs> suddenly growing legs and that ship having romance at its core, right. a beating heart that feels love, just delicious. And that being a thing you would want, you know? Like, right, right, I right. That we should aspire to represent to. me. Yeah. Yes. Um, Jay and Sally are as locked down as can be, and Jay's got plans to have a weekend with Sally in Perth uh, a week after getting off the ship. Um, this is about as detailed as you ever get, like, of what the plans are, right? Like, in a reality show, normally they're like, yes, we have made the plans, or no, we have not made the plans. But here it's like, they're doxing themselves, basically. Right. They're like, we right. will meet at this address at this date and time. <laughs> Uh, there's a choice ITM where Jay says, at the end of the day, it's not about a prize or about standing on the podium. It's about being happy. That is an interesting thing that I will be calling back into mind in just a few moments. Right. right. Moana, Moana is confident in her relationship, but nervous about public speaking and about saying nice things about Harley. Um, Michaela and Jesse are very confident. There, I, there's nothing to recap here. I'm just my notes are very scattered. We're like rewatching clips from earlier in the season and watching everybody say like, "Yep, I sure have liked my partner on this season, and I hope that I win." You know, like <laughs> it's very like, okay, yeah, all right. Um, Courtney explains that she still really likes Paul, but their connection has moved faster than she expected, and that has made her put a wall up. She says, quote, I think I'm the problem at the moment, um, before adding, quote, sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy baby. <sighs> right. Mm -hmm. um, really, really good. Thanks. Um, what a bizarre, what an utterly bizarre line to take you out of a song, by oh, the way. I like it. I think it's good. You do like it. I like it because I do feel like everybody is doing sexy baby. You know, like oh, we talk about the sexy baby character on, on Bachelor. It's true. It's true. And I feel yeah, like I don't know. It, in yeah. today's pop landscape, it's bizarre that she has the line, sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy baby. And then on the tour for that album, she is bringing out the person who sings A, B, C, D, E, F, U, which I think <laughs> is like one is a sexy baby anthem. 
That's probably true. I'd never really thought about that. Just any um, song where it's like, I mean, maybe not I Want You Back by the Jackson 5, but it seems like there's a lot of songs where it's like, I have just learned to count. I have just learned the alphabet. Like, you know, those types of songs to me, when presented within like a modern pop, you know, pop star lens. Do you mean ABC 1, 2, 3, the easiest ABC by the Jackson 5? Yeah, I was saying mean? maybe not, that one's not quite... Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, of course. That makes yeah. much more sense. I yeah, was... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Listen to Santa Continuing. Be a Sexy Moving Baby on. playlist. <laughs> um, Santa Baby is a sexy baby, sexy baby song. Absolutely. Actually, I don't know. Is it baby? Is it ba- is Christmas just for babies? No. Mm, right. No. We'll have to do a separate Great Patreon question. episode for this. Great Patreon episode. Is Christmas for babies? <laughs> is Christmas just babies? Uh, Courtney seems to be struggling to articulate her feelings. Her notebook's looking empty. She ITMs, I don't know what to do. And after an ad break, we see her sitting at a table with Michaela, Harley, and Patty, mm. which is an interesting group, mm. um, where she says, I've sort of made a decision in my head of where I want to go with this experience. Um, so I think my time has come to an end here. Paul is a lovely person and he gives so much and he's on that level of wanting to give someone love and I just don't think that I'm there yet. I think I have accepted people not giving me certain things in particular, and I crave someone who doesn't give me everything, and I chase after that feeling. It's really hard to hear me say that to myself. I just need to break down that wall, but at my own pace. And That's really idea, fair. Um, yeah. I think this is like, she's showing a lot of insight into herself. I like that mm-hmm. she's able to articulate this and realize mm-hmm. that this is, you know, this situation is not going to be what's best for her. Um, and I feel for her in this moment, you know? Um, in ITM, she says, I just hope that one day I can learn to accept that kind of love because I do deserve it. I need to learn to love myself again. Mm. Um, yeah, heart goes out to Courtney. Hope she's doing all right. Um, and it's a farewell to her, which means that it's also a farewell to very hot Paul. Um, Bye, he- Paul. Yeah, he ITMs, he's a bit disappointed and sad, but she left a note with her phone number, so there's some chance that they might see each other again. And that's about it for them. Okay. So, the real love boat arrives in Sicily. The overlap between this show and season two of The White Lotus reaches its zenith here. <laughs> And as we watch everybody getting all dolled up for the sacred gathering of the Council of the Elders, Michaela notices a letter has been left on the table for them. And then we quite abruptly cut away to Sally and Jay in their room. And Sally says, hi, everyone. We have bad news. I'm really sick. And that means Jay and I can't go any further in the competition. So this is the end of our journey. <sighs> this this is isn't rough. the end for us. Get used to seeing these two faces together. Michaela reads the letter, which says, My girls, how my heart is heavy that I'm too sick to continue my journey here on the love boat. The real love boat, sorry. She gets that right. Um, Jay and I will be going home, but we want to carry this in uh, on into the outside. And I think where we're going is really good. Love is so special, something that you all deserve. But the love I have found in the friendships with each of you is something I'll treasure for life. 
Thank you for holding my hands as I've walked through this journey of love. Max, Quinn, let's talk about this. This is just, it is rich, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? So Sally got sick. Yep. uh, And it is not explicit within the text of the show, but it has been confirmed by Sally on social media that she was sick with the novel coronavirus COVID-19. Oh, aboard a Ruby cruise ship. Right, on a princess cruise ship during the show that was devised to improve their image after the extremely horrible outbreak of COVID-19 in 2020, which aired the same week that not only the class action lawsuit for that outbreak was happening, but also while another outbreak was getting news headlines. This is this is phenomenal. Yeah. Don't you think? Like before we get I, too into I just... it, I want to make it clear that like Sally is fine. She's recovered. We would be talking yeah, about this differently good. if her health was like really seriously in danger. Um, and obviously we fi- we we feel for her and, and COVID is not fun and nobody should have to have it. Um, yeah. But God, yeah, there's this is so rich. It just there's just so so much to it. I truly think if this show had taken off in a different way, mm. this would be every like it, or at least it has the potential to be something that could be everywhere. Totally, because I'm, I'm shocked that people aren't talking about it. Obviously, I I'm not that shocked because I know nobody's watching this show. Yeah, um, but like it is so the the irony of it, the timing Delicious. of it. Yeah. The fact also, there's so many elements of it that, that deserve to be pulled apart. Like the fact that uh, they've just revealed that there will be prize money for the winning couple. Yep. That this the will f- disqualify them. This will disqualify them. And because Sally and Jay have been, I think, the de facto winners, yeah. you know, the de facto front runners. Not that we have really thought about it as a competition in a huge way for most of the running time. No, but, but if you are to look at who's the strongest couple, it's pretty clear. There's no way anyone else could make a compelling case if they were still in the race. Right. Because right. they have been together since the first moment. Like they partnered up yep. at the very beginning. Mm. To the degree that we were kind of we were kind of skeptical about the fact that they had been match made too well. Yeah. We were like, oh yeah, yeah they like, picked is these this two going people. To create good TV. Right. Um and I I love the way that they have been a mainstay and um, you know, mm-hmm. been been a, a voice of enthusiastic support for the other people in the show. Absolutely. Modeling good couple behavior and stuff. Like, yeah. I think they've been such a great part. And for yeah. that, and you know, like, uh, I, it's not to say that they were guaranteed to win, but I wonder how they are feeling about specifically like the COVID safe, oh. uh, like environment of, you know, I want, and it makes me wonder, like, what did they have to sign? You know, what did they have All to agree to? Yeah. Um, which obviously we're not qualified to talk about. We really don't know anything about how that stuff gets decided or even no. how the cash prize situation came to be or anything. Like, all of this is a bit confusing to us. Right. But, like, there, if I were in this situation and I, you know, I only knew enough about this situation that I currently know or whatever, yes. I yes. would be thinking, like, man, if things were a little more COVID safe on the ship, then I might still have a chance at this $10,000. And yes. like, to what degree is it my fault? To what degree is it someone else's fault? 
I don't know. There's probably right. no way to actually answer that question. No. Um, but yeah, just uh, such... it's so hard to yeah look at that and prescribe liability. Um, yeah. but you feel for them. Exactly, and just the fact that like they got so close to the end. Oh. Like... I know, I know. And so this is the other part of it. Do you know if there have been any COVID cases in the in the US version? Uh, actually, there was. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, actually, there was. There was a guy who had to leave, I think maybe two people. I, I can't remember now. So we um, weren't able to get on top of this. We simply weren't. Yeah. Um, you know, COVID's out there. And, like, COVID's on fucking cruise ships. It's not, like... Yeah. And, and that's why I'm, like, I feel like they probably... <laughs> Before boarding the ship, they probably have to... I think even if you're not making a TV show, I think you have to sign something saying, like, this Definitely, cruise ship... I get COVID out at sea. Yeah, like, at least now. At least after yeah. all this stuff has, has happened. Like, I imagine yeah. that's probably just part of getting a ticket or whatever. Right, right, exactly. You know, and so if you are out... As, even though I think, personally, that the rules should be different in international waters... Um, <laughs> True. Uh, yeah, this is one of those ones where it just, it does feel like really unfortunate, yeah. really sad for, for Sally and Jay. Unfortunate, um, bitterly ironic. Yes. Um, that's the other part of it that is just like this. When I say this is rich, yeah. that's what I mean, because you feel for them, but also it's just like, oh my God, anything. It's, it's the Murphy's law of, of what could possibly have happened right, right. on a show like this with a sponsor like that. Right. Um, however, the good news is they're still together. I think I can That's spoil great. that. Um, That's great. Cause like, yeah, they, they go home. Um, and yeah, they, they've posted since on Instagram. Yeah. They're, they're still together. They're figuring it out. I don't know. We, we will continue following them and see if there's any more interesting developments down the line. I don't know if they've moved or anything like that, but you know, um, uh, we're very happy for them that this, like, this, you know, and they do like, they, they are for the, to their credit, there is no trace of um, bitterness or resentment or mm-hmm, anything mm-hmm. in in what we see of them or what we've seen on social media since. Um, yes, uh, they found those, each other, and that's right. the ultimate prize. If those feelings are there, which by the way, I'm literally just making up. Like you know, I feel like I would feel a, a way about it, but maybe they don't. But if they are, they're not making that part of the. their story you know Mm -hmm. it has been a really good experience for them from what we can tell and they ended up together and things are great so that's awesome that's all you could hope for except also 10 grand (laughs) um okay so look i mean this makes things interesting right because two couples have gone home now so we can call off the sacred gathering right Mm -hmm. um the 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 love jury, as the show is calling them, won't have any say anymore, right? Because they, right. they've already. Well, it's it's hard to say whether or not that's the case. And let's talk a bit about how the rest of this is going to go down. So in voiceover, Darren tells us that their verdict, you know, that we will still have the ball, and everyone will still make their presentations. And now the love jury, the the sacred gathering of the elders. Um, their verdict will now factor into the decision of which couple will win the real love. Mm. So instead Mm. of voting off a couple of couples, this will be accumulated in, in some way with, so I'm, I'm a cynic about this stuff, right? I think like when, when I am watching a reality TV show and I am told that participants are going to have a hand in deciding the winner, 
and mm-hmm. we don't get to see how that actually works. Like, it, it, we don't see, you know, Survivor people writing down the votes or, you know, different handwriting, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Let alone, like, we say participants, but let alone just random people on the boat, you know? Right, right, in, exactly. In, That's in my the eyes, it's always the producers who pick them. Absolutely. They are setting this up as a, as a sort of artificial, like, you know, and I don't know if that's true, but like, you know, that's, that's how I feel. I feel like maybe we should just proceed with the narrative that we're given. Yes. I think that's the wisest thing to do because the artifice, while obvious, is all that we have to operate with. Yeah. Um, so we meet some of the elders. Um, Phil and Carol have been married 40 years. Idris and Slavka have been together three years long distance. Um, mm-hmm. Francis and Kyle have been together five years and also they're a gay couple. So they actually do exist. Wow. Um, on TV? <laughs> yeah. On, on the real love boat, actually. Oof, weird. Yeah. Now this episode is getting long, so I am not going to share these speeches verbatim. Um, I'm going to share some select moments. Moana tells Harley, most people look for fireworks, but I look for peace. Someone to make me feel content with my life. And you've given me that feeling. I like that line. Um, Mm -hmm. Harley says, I truly believe we were both sent here to find each other. And it feels like we've been here together forever. Oh, no. We haven't been here together forever. That sounds (laughs) like they're trapped in some kind of horrific maze. Uh, It feels like we've been together forever. That's a bit nicer. It's that Mr. Burns, don't forget you're here forever. (laughs) Right, yeah. It's like... uh, you won't see the end of this labyrinth, you know. Um, right. <laughs> Michaela tells Jesse, I've been waiting to feel like this for so long and it just feels right with you. Jesse is the first one to go off book. Um, he sort of just improvises and he shares some memories of their dates and he says that she is kind, caring, patient, passionate and adventurous. And to me, I'm thinking, well, he's the only one who's not reading it off a page, which means they must win, Right. Right. I also just right. briefly note that the floor mat thing comes up again here as well. I think this is the third time now. I skipped another one. It's just as interesting the yeah, third look, time as the first time. I, I, I Look, I'm just a little bit over the floor mat format. That's all. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. I think the stuff that Nate Ruess was doing with fun um, was quite a bit better than the mm. floor mat. <laughs> Uh, Chelsea Good. goes off book as well and says, having a friendship first and building it from there is more than I could ever ask for. You were the first person that really saw me. And now hopefully you're the last. And then she disappears. <laughs> she throws a smoke bomb onto the ground. <laughs> She's gone in a flash. Um, Patty says that for him, it's easier to express himself through music than just words. And he performs the first song he's ever written for a woman. I did learn okay. Do you think I should play it? Absolutely, you should play it. I want to know everything about this. I can't do his voice, though. His voice is really interesting. Do you he remember does have an interesting singing voice. Walking in, so confident. It's like very like... Uh... Shawn Mendes. Oh, true. That's a good comparison. Like this, yeah. this whole this whole thing is Shawn Mendes. You know what I mean? The little boom, 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 boom. Like it's, it's all true. within yeah. that. Uh, the lyrics go: "Walking in so confident, didn't think you'd be my type. So we both met. We both went our own ways just to see who we could like. 
In our own minds, we'd have a try and maybe get by, but now I see you and your ocean eyes. Billie Eilish fan. Um, I got to know you more, although our plans weren't aligned. Thought you would make the perfect one by my side. Say, ooh, who would have thought it'd be you all along? Not bad. Not bad. Like, so Chelsea tears up and somebody hands her a tissue from off screen. And you can see a few other people in the crowd are crying too. And then the two of them share their first kiss on stage. So it's like, it's clearly worked. Not what bad. What do you think? Let's talk about it. I thought this was all right. As far as songs on TV go, you know the rule is don't sing. Right. I'm okay, I'm okay with Patty breaking this rule. I think I'm there with you. I think I'm like... This is as good as it's gotten. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like the Real Love Boat has had a pretty good track record of people singing slash performing music on, on the TV. I agree. It's been a lot um, better than on Bachelor. Yeah, and I think often The Bachelor will include this as an opportunity for us to laugh at and mock a person. Yes. Um, because I think The Bachelor, as a show, is just more mean-spirited than The Real Love Boat. That's also true. So, you know, if it went really badly on The Real Love Boat, I feel like maybe they wouldn't include it. You know, it's yeah, more... Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's true, but it's more. it feels more in character for the show to include these things because they went well. And because, and because it's they a skill that Patty has, Right. Right, yeah. Well, that's true, Whereas, too. We, like, we learned from uh, um, Tyler that, that he's, like, also a musician as much as he is a chef. Yeah, yeah. And so the other, yeah, I, I guess the other part of that is that, like, um, I feel like it is more in tune with production on uh, a Bachelor-style show to be like, oh, you sort of know how to play guitar? Definitely write a song. Right, Whereas yeah. this feels a little bit more like he's accomplished, he knows what he's doing, yeah. here's a song. Yeah, and, like, it's a move, you know. Yeah, like, Choosing to do this instead of just reading or saying something or whatever, like that's that's a, a play, but yeah. because he has some experience in in music, it's it's not coming off like. Because sometimes there'll be a bachelor, there'll be like a group date where there's like ten props laid out, and every every one of the men ends up with one of these props, and right. the one who ends up holding a saxophone has to go boo -doo 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 through the saxophone. Right, he's never played right. saxophone. You know what I, you yeah, know, like yeah. that happens a lot. Whereas is, this is definitely not like that. No. And in fact, like I am guessing Patty brought the guitar, hoping that an opportunity like this might've come up. I don't know. There's, there's a couple of guitars floating around. Yeah. Not sure. But um, this uh, look, I'm okay with my, my personal rule of don't being broken mm. in this instance. I agree. Me too. Um, Idris and Slavka are won over and say that Chelsea and Patty were their pick. Francis and Kyle voted for Moana and Harley. Richard and Karen, who we didn't meet before, but have been married for 14 years, voted for Michaela and Jesse. So I'm like, oh, it's neck and neck. Like everybody's voting for different people. This is so exciting. The Cupids say the votes have been tabulated and they reiterate that these scores will contribute to the ultimate decision of which couple will win. So I'm like, oh, I'm on the edge of my seat right now. Please let me, let me find out who's going to... The episode just ends. Yeah. We don't find out who got the most votes. Nope. It's just over. There's no information provided. How frustrating was this? Oh my God. I was, I was fuming. It like okay, so we were talking about anti-climax. Yes, I don't even know if this is that. This is like blue balls in your audience. This is I. I thought, you know how the previous episode had ten minutes added to it. Yeah. I thought maybe they had accidentally chopped off a few <laughs> minutes from the end of this one or something. Yeah, yeah. Like he's gonna, <laughs> Darren's gonna show up and he's gonna be like remix, and then like, <laughs> then we're gonna get the extra ten minutes of whatever. 
I just thought it was bizarre because not to spoil it, but we don't find out at the end of the next episode either. Like at no <laughs> point do we ever find out where, what the score breakdown is. My, my stats, you know, my Excel spreadsheets look at empty. <laughs> I don't, yep. I don't yep. know what happened. But some stuff did happen in the next episode. Let's talk about it. The <laughs> grand finale. And I'm generously saying that some stuff happened because mostly stuff did not happen. A small amount of stuff happened and then something really, really important happened at the yes. end. So we're talking, of course, about The Real Love Boat Australia, Season 1, Episode 14, which aired on the 17th of November, 2022. This mm. is an episode that I am subtitling, So It's Come to This, A Real Love Boat Clip <laughs> Show. Uh, as the ship arrives in Napoli, it's finale time. Time to narrow down our three couples to one. And the ultimate decision will lie, apparently, with the Cupids, based on what they've observed throughout the show. And so we are shown yet more clips of the parts of the show that we have already seen and obviously discussed in thorough detail. Mm -hmm. We trace back all the main events of all three relationships, person by person, including all of their time spent with other people. For an episode that is 40 minutes in length without ads... This is a tall order. I mean, so it it for for us. I should I should okay. clarify, you know, um, or for those of us who have been watching, you know, and I I can understand it in the sense that the producers of this show, the editors, whoever is you know overseeing every uh, detail and where mm -hmm, everything mm -hmm. will lie. I can understand in the sense that they might have been expecting that, like with Bachelor a lot of people might tune in for the first time just to see the ending, like just totally. for the finale. Yes, yes. Which, like, that's not... That makes sense. Yeah. and But that, I mean, that behavior has never quite made sense to me. Like, the on, on the part of the viewer, like, I don't know who these people are who just watch The Bachelor finale. That's never really made sense to me. But there's clear statistical evidence that there is a large number of people who do that. Um, but... Now, knowing that this was the least viewed episode of the season by a wide margin stings even harder um, because at this point, it's probably only the diehard fans who are watching, right? Like, I don't think these are 98,000 new viewers and everyone who watched previous episodes just tuned out. Right, I feel like right. this is just being viewed by people who've already experienced all of this stuff already. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, like most of the key moments have already been recapped a fair few times already because we also have like coming up tonight on and previously on segments. <sighs> yeah, yeah. This is a show that has been, um, look, I, I'm not saying that it it suffers a little bit from lack of um, content, <laughs> to, to be frank, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. these would have been fabulous 30-minute episodes that we have to fit them in 40 means that there has been pretty consistently an amount of filler for maybe half of the season. Yes, it's something that we have to do for this podcast as well, is like the first few episodes in a season that I'm recapping on this podcast, I always make sure to reiterate, instead of just saying people's names, I will try and say like what the thing about them that we said was or whatever. Definitely. Because it's important for you to be able to keep track of this thing, especially when there's five or six days between episodes, you mm -hmm. need a reminder of who people are. It's why we have the little Chiron popping up with people's names, even though we're a lot of the way through the episode, uh, through the season or whatever. It's to remind you, it's to catch you up. And it's also if somebody happens to be jumping in late that they can catch up. However, at this point in this season, We've done it all already enough times, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And 
I don't know whether the problem is specifically with the finale or whether they should have just had less of it earlier so that they could have it in the finale. Like, I think a Bachelor finale or a Bachelorette finale is also quite clip-heavy, traditionally speaking. Yes, definitely. can be kind of a drag in that sense, too. But at least on that show, I think there has been less retread up to that point already. Very true. There's less retread. And we're also actively doing something. Right. Right. And I think because the focus of The Bachelor and Bachelorette is to have higher stakes, like, the stakes are just higher on Batchy than Mm -hmm, this show. mm -hmm. Um, there is less, you know, we are less like, okay, I'll sit through this because I really have to know who ends up winning or whatever. Whereas on this right, show, exactly. it's like, okay, you know. Yeah, of. exactly. Yes. Um, so the wraparound framing device that they use for these flashbacks, I actually kind of like, it's not awful. Um, each couple is sitting outside at this very beautiful villa and they're sort of reflecting to one another. Or, you know, each member of the couple is is reflecting to the other on their experiences in a way that focuses on their own personal growth, um, which is really nice to see. And that does give a sense of finality and and conclusion, particularly for people like Chelsea, um, who seem to have, like, really noticeably changed, I think, or, or gone through something on the over the course of the show. Um, not all of the final six have this much of an interesting narrative, but some of them more than others are like, yes, I can see how you've come out of your shell or that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but there is also just a lot of like, yes, I'm very happy. We have a great connection. I can't wait to see if we win like that sort of thing, which just doesn't hook you in and make you, it doesn't mean as much. Yeah. And it just makes you think like, okay, I can go into the kitchen and, make dinner and I'll come back and they will tell me who won, you know, this will still be happening. Right. Right. And it's a great last seven minutes. Yes. And then there's some other stuff. Yeah. And then there's some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea lives in Queensland and Patty lives in Sydney. So they have to have a chat about that. Both of them want to keep things going once they're back in Australia. And while Chelsea's got a business to look after in Queensland, Patty's just moved out of his apartment and left his job. So it's not off the table. And he says, you never know unless you give it a go. Okay. Um, so, you know, it was promising. Um, they Patty's also... also from Queensland, right? Oh, I thought he was from Sydney. Uh, no, because uh, our friend our friend Tyler's the only one from Sydney. Oh, you're right. Yeah. But Patty, oh, Patty mentioned the... Oh, yeah. That's a good question. Anyway, regardless, it seems like they're um, going to try and... You know, their their intention is to try, try and make it out. Yeah. yeah. Um, they have a big smooch... I think maybe this is the furthest out that anyone has made on this show. Yeah, definitely. They are going for it. So Really, really smooching up a storm. Yes. Uh, Jesse is already planning to move to the Gold Coast where Michaela lives. So there is some strong potential for the future there. And they're, again, I think maybe for like the third time, they're having this conversation about timing out when they want to have kids. And it's just in a few years and they want to have a bunch of kids and they want to have twins and they want to make sure it's like in the next couple of years. I'm just like, I really hope that it works out for these guys. Crossing fingers. Because they both are very set on, on particularly having kids very soon. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, if this doesn't work out, that's going to cost him some time. You know, yep. like this seems so important to them. There's, um, yeah, there's a lot, uh, at stake for them emotionally here and not in the like, are we going to fall in love sense, but in the like, you are planning 
a longevity based on an ideal of what you would like with this person. Yeah, like I have an idea about what I want my life to look like, which, by the way, is yes. good. Like, you know, it's it's um, admirable. Um, mm-hmm. But um, the more you decide that stuff or um, have hopes for that stuff, um, the more it can be derailed by things that you don't necessarily have control over. Exactly, exactly. But both of them seem very positive about it. Michaela says they're aligned. They have a really strong foundation. Mm-hmm. Moana straight up tells Harley, I keep forgetting that we've only known each other for 14 days. <laughs> Which feels like that would never slip through the cracks on The Bachelor because... Episode a day. That's the production schedule. It really makes you think about everything very differently. Absolutely. Um, the twins entered on episode four. So maybe it's not quite an episode a day because if they've known each other for 14 days, there must be some of them. that. Oh, you're right. Slightly more than one. But episode four was well over a month ago now for the viewing audience. So the relationships that we are seeing as having taken roughly a month because we've been aware of these people dating for over a month or whatever, to know that that's actually less than half of that time. Like, this is part of the illusion of reality TV, is yeah. this is a very compressed timeline that, that feels longer because of the way that they air it. Absolutely, right? Because it's been going for weeks and weeks, and so we've been investing and filling in the blanks for ourselves, much yeah. as we probably did with Sally and Jay, who maybe, let's say, what, it might be 20 days that they probably had known each other before they the left most, the show? Yeah. 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 Um, so again, it's like, yes, it looks like Sally and Jay have been a married couple for 200 years because Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. are the most established within this scenario. We don't spend time with any other relationships. Um, you know, they, and we spend a lot of time with them and everybody is always affirming the fact that they are a, a, a couple. So we just take it for granted. But then obviously, yeah, it's like three weeks, anything could happen, you know? It's good universe building by the producers. Right. Moana says Harley makes her feel safe. And Harley says, love is a big word, but I've felt it before, so I know what it feels like. And it definitely feels like maybe we could potentially be going that way. It (laughs) definitely feels like maybe we could potentially be going that way. Is that Shakespeare, Max? (laughs) I swear I've read that sonnet. To be or potentially not to be? <laughs> that might be the question. Um, it definitely feels like maybe we could potentially be going that way. Is in iambic pentameter. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we watch the Cupids deliberate, which is another opportunity for clips. Um, Duty says he sees a bit of Harley and Moana in himself and the connection that he has with his wife. Duty, stop that. <laughs> Get what does that there. mean? What Do you that? reckon Duty's a big gym rat? Yeah, maybe Duty's a big gym rat and his wife is like, I couldn't be less interested in what yeah. the gym has. And then maybe Duty's got a weird thing with hanging up the towel. <laughs> Can you, like, these are the wedding vows. <laughs> yeah, truly. Christ. Do you reckon Duty has a twin? Duty? <laughs> Tweedledum and Tweedleduty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, The Cupids are very happy with themselves. <laughs> this is something I observed. They're like definitely yeah. taking credit for everything, which is quite funny. At the end, they're like, oh, 
I can't believe we managed to pair all these guys up or whatever. It's like, you see, so little to do with it. But I'm like, I don't know. Maybe they're right. Maybe we just didn't see that much of it, possibly. But it's really maybe funny. The, yeah, that's true. But it looks like they had a fun three-week holiday and did some work sometimes. Right. And they occasionally, when a producer told them which person was going on which date, they t- said that they had come up with that. And um, yeah, they... Yeah. Yeah. stood near them and went like, ooh, I wonder what's going on over there every now and then. You know? <laughs> oh, this person's been having a hard time lately, haven't they? Yes, they have. Let's look and see if that changes. Like, that's their dialogue. You know? <laughs> anyway, they've made their decisions. We watch everybody prepare for the big ceremony, and moments later, we are there at the final cast-off ceremony. Patty says... With every passing day, he's beginning to adore Chelsea. And Chelsea says that with Patty, it's the first time someone has wanted her for her. Not because she looks like Tyson Beckford with the charm of Robert Redford oozing out her ears. (laughs) Moana says she's not usually one to be super open with her feelings, but everything with Harley has been so easy. The feelings are real and it's been so natural. And Harley reiterates that love is a big word to say, but I definitely am starting to feel it with Moana. Which I think, we talk about this semantic ladder, I think that's about as high as we get. That's as high as you could hope for in a show like this too, and I'm happy that that's where it ended. It would have been bizarre if somebody was truly declaring love, especially on the same episode that someone was like, yeah, we met two weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's not to say that you can't, I mean, whatever, but I just feel like it would be a bit much for the tone. Um, Jesse says that he and Michaela hit it off from the start and they've stayed strong the entire time, blah, blah, blah. At this point, I'm zoning out a tiny bit, even though it's the finale, which is a problem. Um, and I noticed that the captain who is standing on the deck as well, um, his Apple watch is visible. Um, which I always love when I can spot someone and watch. <laughs> what time is it? What time is it? So here's the thing. I don't know what time it is. Go on. But I can tell you that he has filled his stand circle. I don't know if there are any Apple Watch users in the audience. Oh. But that means he has stood up the required number of times today, like once per hour. Um, which, by the mm-hmm. way, let me just check. I've got some work to do on mine. Um, mm-hmm. He has less than half of his exercise circle filled in and his movement circle is just about halfway full as well. So I don't know, maybe he's like a workout after cast off ceremony guy. Like, I don't know what his schedule <laughs> is. Um, and I'm not a cop. I'm not telling the man he has to. I'm just like, you know, something to be aware of. You want to get those steps in. What was I saying? Oh yeah. Darren tells the win- tells them that they, the winners will get a luxury cruise and $5,000 each spending money. And is this the first time they're hearing it? Because it was just in a voiceover I think before. So. Nobody's yeah, like... I think this... It, it, it is funny because I was trying to gauge from the reaction, right? Like, nobody seems like yeah. they're... It's, it's, it's hard to gauge because, like, <laughs> they don't really seem like they're hearing this for the first time. But also, the fact that it's five grand and it's not like... You know, because, like, you know what they... $100,000 you know or something. You know what they give the person who wins the challenge? 200 grand. Yeah. That's, that's a fucking lot of money. If you yeah. found out you had just spent three months of your life making this show and then watch that, I'd be curious to hear what you thought. Uh, Absolutely. 
So, like, maybe they are hearing it for the first time, but they're just kind of not that overwhelmed because it's like, oh, well, that's nice. That'll help pay for probably one way of the flight to get onto the luxury cruise that I've been given or whatever. Right, right. You know, exactly, like, yes. Th- that will yeah. pay for my food and alcohol that probably isn't included on the luxury cruise ticket that I've right. been given. yeah. That we would hope would be comped, but hasn't been. Probably not, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I I hope they knew this was going to happen. Yeah. I hope that everybody who went on the show went on the show with the knowledge that the winners would get five grand each. And, and a go on a boat. Not, and a go on a boat. And it was not like either a nasty fright or a, um, you know... The, the delight of it being a surprise is not worth it, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. But again, like we said, it's more than they offer you on, from The Bachelor. You know, it's like, on some level, it's like beggars can't be choosers. But I hope also that, like, they weren't like, oh, because there's prize money, we don't have to pay you for anything. You know, like... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're wandering into murky waters. I know some of the people from the show listen, so I'm like, they're probably thinking, like, don't talk about my bank balance in such detail, if you don't mind. <laughs> anyway... At anyway. this point, Katie appears. Yes. What was with this? Why was Katie back? <laughs> I don't know. Has she just been hanging out on the ship? I think they must have been like, like, because they were like, we need someone who's been a bit of a mascot for the season. Sure. Um, someone who's definitely found love. Someone who I think has been treated well by the experience. Yeah. And is going to be a bastion of everything that this show, all the optimism that it represents. And here's Katie. Yeah. Which I love. Like, I don't, you know... No part of that seems odd to me. It is odd, A, that she was removed or, you know, she was voted out removed. in a different city and now she's back here, which makes right. me think, like, did they did they fly, fly or drive her over to this port or did she do that of her own free will and they just happened to link <laughs> up or she did like, she oh, just remain too. on the boat the whole way? And if so, where's Jack? Have we just hidden Jack? <laughs> um... It's quite funny. And well, so you... she's, I think she's there to announce the winner. Um, yeah. Although she doesn't actually end up being the one who announces the winner, which is interesting. But yeah, so she's there. She, she, but like seeing her standing there next to the three couples who yes. are all lucky in love and taking home the ultimate prize already of being in a couple. Yes. It seems a bit unfair to not just let cool. Katie have it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Either let Katie have her or don't bring Katie back, I think, right? Yes, yes. But like, it, also, it is cruel. Wouldn't it be kind of a fun twist if they gave it to Katie? Oh. Like, not just because we like Katie, but also, like, I don't know, maybe if they if they had made a bigger deal out of the prize earlier on, you know, if it were the American version of the show and it's like, you're competing to win a partner and a trip on a cruise ship and a bunch of money, come on the show sort of thing. Then yeah. you might have this fun twist at the end where you could tell that, you know, since they gave the money to somebody else, that some of the couples were just faking it or whatever. You know, like the, right, exactly. you might have some unveiling like that or whatever, um, which is not what happens here. I don't know. It's all weird. It's very odd. I can't explain it. But look, and go so on. Love vote. All the votes are tallied and combined with what the Cupids have agreed on or something, I guess. Mm -hmm, Who knows? mm -hmm. And Katie has them on an envelope and she's the one who hands the envelope to Darren. Even though the Cupids 
uh, and the captain and Darren are all already standing there. So Katie comes out, <laughs> enters the deck where the Cupids are standing. The Cupids right. are the one who have made the decision. However, they don't have the envelope. So Katie must have gotten this information from someone else, I guess. Maybe Did she get it from the Cupids? What happened but here? She gave it to her and then she walked back out. Or maybe there's somebody else who is like, let's just say hypothetically in charge of the show and deciding the winner. Like, who knows? Um, maybe some third party that isn't currently standing on the deck had something to do with this outcome. I am yeah, yeah. truly just speculating. I have no idea. You, yeah, of course. And then the winner is Moana and Harley, to which my reaction is like, okay. Yeah. Why not? nothing there that, like, why them over anybody else? There is never a reason given. No. And that's not to invalidate the feelings that they might have or the, 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 connection they found on this experience because mm-hmm, i think mm-hmm. there's something there and there's something there with all three of them and that's kind of why it's a bit confusing that's exactly right i'm not upset about it but i wish there was some like considering how much it turned into a competition at the end and how much we were whittling people down because they weren't ready or whatever it mm-hmm. would be great to be like the reason is this thing you said or the reason is this behavior we've seen between Here's how we can pinpoint it. Right. Because there are also, there are other couples there who, for example, have been on more dates together. Yeah. Or, yep. you know, like there, there are other boxes that you could consider might be being ticked here, mm-hmm. but it just happens to end up being Moana, Moana and Harley. And while I'm happy for them, it's, it's a head scratcher. It's random. So they it kiss. Feels, yeah. They scream a little bit. They seem surprised. Darren congratulates them as the first ever winners of the real love boat. And, and then, then, my God, why did this happen? <laughs> why did this happen? I have, I have so many questions about why this happened. We were texting as we were both watching this. It was... Two of the only people in the country watching this fucking thing happen. And it was <laughs> utterly bizarre. Just the, picture the most chaotic ending you can think of. So if you missed it, which I'm shocked if anyone did, but (laughs) here's what happened. Darren, I think first thing is he starts doing some very sexy dancing. Yes. And then we, the camera zooms in on him and we forget about everybody else who's on the ship and the lights are popping and this is a cruise ship. So it's not like, it's not like an indoor venue where you have tons of different creative, interesting lights that you can use, but they're using basically every bit of lighting that they have at their disposal yes. to create a real disco dance party atmosphere. A bedazzled microphone is handed to him from off screen. The choreography. Starts... Yeah, right. So then, yeah, like he starts singing along to the full Love Boat theme song. Choreographed dancers twirl around him. It is a like psychedelic <laughs> it was a trip extravaganza it is um f- i i messaged this to you max and i don't think you got the reference unfortunately it's a lot like the final scene of bob fossey's masterpiece all that jazz um which if any of our listeners have seen it they will they will be guffawing at my wonderful cultural reference um except in that movie he's dead and uh, christ yeah um, it's like this fantasia of like what he imagined <laughs> his final moments could have been or something. Right. Also at this moment, I am wondering we're, we're hearing him sing it. I don't think it's live vocals. I think it's rec- pre-recorded. No, this is pre-recorded. 
But it had me thinking, was this him singing in the intro music the whole time? Oh, I don't know. I That was a thought in the back of my head at the start of this series. Mm. I have some supporting evidence in that the American version has different vocals over their opening theme. Um, okay. And in that version, there is... Uh, not to be like gender binary essentialist or whatever about it, but there is what sounds like a male and female voice yeah. where they have a yeah. ma- male and female host of that show. And watching this sequence, I noticed a tiny bit of Darren's brogue, you know, his, his, yeah. whatever his accent. Um, Scottish. Yes. Yeah. I, I noticed a little bit of that creeping in. I don't know. Maybe they got a sound alike, but I would believe it's him. I don't know if he can yeah. sing. Or... Oh no, he was on Masked Singer, right? Yeah, he was on Mars Singer. Oh, yeah. Well, then it's got to be him. Yeah. That's cool. Good for him. Yeah. But I can't express to you how bizarre this was because it comes out of nowhere. This is the weirdest. And it's in weirdest, the midst of like, truly one of the least climactic finales of a show that I think we've ever covered, right? This is exactly it, right? When I said to you that the show didn't have an ending and they've tried to foster one with the luxury cruise and the $5,000, yeah. they were like, it's still not enough. <laughs> and what do we need to do? Musical number. Okay, I like that reading, but also the fact that it was him the entire time. Yes. Well, we don't know that that's true, but let's yes. say hypothetically let's it say is, hypothetically. it sounds like he is. Doesn't that imply that they have been setting up this ending since the first episode? Like, I mean, maybe. if he is singing the theme song that yes. you hear on night one, then ultimately the reveal of him actually singing along to it live, or, you know, yeah, yeah. quote-unquote, wouldn't that be the the? Book I can end? see that being storyboarded as an ending for certain. Mm. But I, I think you're right in the sense that, or maybe that maybe they were just very glad that yes. they still had this up their sleeve, you know? They were like, ace in the hole. Yeah. And you know how when we talk about the ratings for The Bachelor and Bachelorette, um, yes. they always they they always do really well at the very end of the season, but particularly they break the last episode into two. They have uh-huh. like the, the main part of that episode and then they have a separate rating for the final decision. That's right, yes. A- apparently so many more people tune in just for that. I yeah. wish they did that for this because I would <laughs> love to know exactly how many Australian human beings bore witness to this. Cause I'm like, there is a chance we imagined it. <laughs> it is. It does feel like a fever dream in a way. Yeah. Like, and knowing that 98,000 people or whatever saw at least part of this episode. Yeah. yeah. I believe, I believe there's every chance we like people are listening to this being like that didn't, there's no way that happened. There's These no way making I it up. They're doing you. a bit. It, it was real. It is the strangest ending to a TV show, a reality TV show that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I, I don't understand it, and I loved every second of it. Me too. Um, we get like a one-sentence ITM from each couple that sort of pops in on top of this. Um, basically, you know, two-thirds of them say like, oh, well, we didn't win, but, you know, we'll, uh, <laughs> we still like each other. We, it's only five grand who gives a shit. Right. Kind of in a non-committal kind of pleasant way being like, yeah, let's uh, see how things go and see what's what the future, something, yada, yada. And then mm. we close on Harley and Moana kissing in front of the Real Love Boat logo. Great. That's the end. Crazy ending. Let's talk final thoughts. I'm really glad we got to the end of the recaps in very short amount of time. Um, what, what do we think about this show? I've, this show happened. 
that is maybe the most that I can say about it. Yeah. This show was certainly on television. Yeah. Um, it was nice for a time. Mm-hmm. Then it lost its way. Mm. And it didn't yeah, I think end we, up knowing necessarily what it was. That the finale, probably these last four episodes, uh, d- despite having some good moments, were pretty weak compared to the rest of the show. Right. I want um, to remember this as a show that I really liked and got very into because yeah. I did. There were, yeah. there were, you know, probably up until these last few episodes. Um, and I don't want people to think that we combine these episodes into one because we thought they were bad. It is not for that reason. No, um, no. And, but it's I, pure logistics. It's just logistics. But I, it kind of worked out well that way because it does sort of taper off a little bit towards the end, this show, yes. unfortunately. I think there are... You know, we could talk about lessons that they might learn if they wanted to do another season. I mm. would be truly shocked if there was another season, you know? Me too. Me too. I think this is a one and done. I don't know that this is coming back anytime. Yeah. Particularly, I think, given the COVID thing, um, <laughs> that continues to be a real problem. What a, like, what a hypothetical PR nightmare. Like, there are probably people who are, particularly at the Princess Cruises, who are breathing out right now mm. knowing that this show got bounced to paramount plus in the u.s and right. didn't rate well in australia totally it must be some kind of relief for them because yeah, in a weird exhaley kind of way there has not been a huge amount of positive press about this show despite the right. fact that we thought it was good and tried to be as loud about it as we could mm-hmm. um i think mostly this this will be remembered by a lot of people as a ratings disaster um, first and foremost, and basically nothing beyond that point. Yeah. Um, I yeah. liked it more than that. I hope that people enjoyed watching it along with us. Um, the COVID thing is so Me funny. Too. And, and again, like we've, we've tried to highlight all of the good moments. And I think there were a lot of really good moments in the construction of these episodes in the emphasis on friendship and open communication and modeling good behavior all yes. that stuff is great. All that stuff are like lessons that I would hope other shows might learn. But also, there is no chance that any other show will learn any lessons from this one, apart from like, make sure you don't rate that badly. Right, right. Um, and there's part of it that makes it that that is what it makes it feel like for me is like this show happened. Yeah. So like, there are things that I can think of that might improve the chances of a future season. But I almost don't even want to bother. Like maybe it's not worth know, it. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm like I'm like you know if you wanted to cut some costs next time around, like I don't know if you need the cupids, for example. Sure. Yes. But I'm but also, also like this is already so cost prohibitive. Right. If you wanted to cut costs, you would not make this show. You know. And I yeah. think they've probably yeah. learned that lesson much more than they will learn that one. Um, th- I I would like to talk to this show. Uh, I'm sorry, I I would like to talk about the show again in a few months when some contracts have expired and maybe we learn a few more things about it. Maybe we can have some people on the show. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That might be something to look forward to. Maybe we'll do it on the Patreon, I'm not sure. Um, But yeah, I I feel overwhelmingly positive about this show despite the way that it ended and the way that most other people seem to feel about it. Um, But, you know, it did just kind of peter out and that's a shame, but that's how it goes. Yeah. that draws us to the end of the real love boat conversation. I think, um, Max, I watched two episodes of the challenge. You want to talk about the challenge <laughs> really quickly? Yes, I do. Can you tell uh, me I... what that was? Cause I, okay. So, um, this is in line with pretty much what I would describe to be a stock standard challenge season. Right. The problem 
is that they have assumed so much context. Yeah. Um, there, there is such a high barrier for entry to this show that they're sort of like coming at you so fast that they, they're just like, well, they'll pick it up along the way. And that's okay. I like Bryony as a host. I think Bryony is um, really good. They're really talented. Um, I am in favor of the way that the show has been cast and put together. The, it, I love the pacing of it. Mm. For me, it fulfills all of these, like, all of these beats that the love boat maybe missed. The love boat was a little bit, um, well, look, it was just bobbing up and down on the ocean. Whereas this, like there's a shark in the water and sometimes yes. with reality TV, that's what you need. This is, uh, cause I watched the first two episodes having never watched any other episode of the challenge Australia. We we're probably going to have to, maybe we'll do an episode about the first two weeks at some point when we get it, like we'll just catch up and yes. then we'll start doing it live from, from when we can, from when we do that. Yes. Um, cause I've never watched this show before and I had, Truly, one of the most overwhelming experiences. Yeah, of my I bet TV it was utterly life. confusing for you because I did not. I don't know what the challenge is, and I think like right. it's revealing itself a little bit gradually from week to week as I learn. Like, oh, that's a thing they do every episode, or like, oh, that's just a weird yeah. thing that person did that one time. Yeah, um, okay. Or like, this is what it means for something to be uh, the challenge, or you know, got it. These are the dynamics at play between the people. Like, all of this was hitting me for the first time, mm-hmm. and because you also have some of the most outsized bizarre reality tv characters who are playing up their because i don't i also don't watch like married at first sight and i don't know you know i don't know everything about everybody on there there's a man on there who was just introduced as a ninja and he's just like some guy i'm like what the fuck is this i don't know what's going on Uh, he's from australian ninja warrior oh yeah yeah. Okay, that, I guess. I've, well, I've never watched that before either. I don't really know what it means to be a ninja on that, but I, I guess at least that applies to something else. Yeah. There are, but then there are other people who are just like the former Olympian, right? So you have, yeah, you, know? you have like seven people from The Bachelor or whatever, and a couple of people yeah. from Survivor or whatever, and then you're like, "Hi, I'm strong." I <laughs> like it's like. How and and they all pair up and they're like, yep. "Oh, I don't want to be on the same pair with." someone who's on the same franchise as me or whatever. So I'm like, oh, right. great. Well, now I don't know who I'm going for. Thanks very much. Yeah. And then yeah. they split up the pairs every episode and the pairs are redecided by a big machine? Yeah, that has so this part of thoughts. it... Yeah, this is, this is uh, of its own volition. This seems to be unique to the Challenge Australia. You're I've kidding. never seen something like this before. Um, it is not altogether uncommon that pairs will change over a bunch of episodes and that people will be in different uh, groupings. Sure. But, um, and sometimes in different teams and sometimes it's an individual game, this is all par for the course. But for it to be randomly generated by a um, the algorithm is <laughs> really... That they think is really funny, by the they way. They love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess the lesson I'm learning is that the, the challenge is anything. The challenge yes. can literally be, it's just chaos. Yes. So I'm excited. I think maybe with your permission, I don't know how you feel about this. Maybe we should, you know how I sort of generally will lead the, the um, recaps when we talk about shows and people kissing each other. I yes. would like for you to explain to me what is happening on this show because I Absolutely. am so flummoxed by it. Yes. Yes. And this I- feels really good for me and I would yeah. love to do that. Okay. Folks, uh, thank you for bearing with us while this episode took a little while to put together. Um, We're not entirely certain exactly what our schedule is going to look like for the next little while, but we are very keen to keep podcasting at the moment. Um, We're having a great time. 
and we have a, a challenging time ahead of us. <laughs> Fuck, hey, I just so remembered fun. we said we were going to make a new theme song. We were going to have new oh, art, everything. God, we're going to so figure much. that out. Okay, all right. Okay, there's so much still to come here on the BOH Pod Listener. Um, thank you so much for uh, sticking with us through the entire Real Love Boat Australia experience. This, for the last time, has been The Bachelor of Hearts Presents Scholarship. You can find us on social media. We will make announcements about what we're going to do next on all the usual channels. Uh, mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook, Bachelor of Hearts, yeah. Osh Posting, or whatever's left of Twitter. Um, you can find me at Meryl Streep on <laughs> Mastodon. Um, <laughs> signed up for that four years ago. Uh, yeah. And I've just know, been we... reinstated on Twitter, so that's really good for me too. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't yeah. realize you were off. Yeah, look, it was there was a whole thing last January, but um, you know, I'm back now. Last January, <laughs> Max, I'm so happy, and I'm excited for the the next trip you're making to Washington as well. Yeah, look, yeah, yeah Mr. Um, Quinn goes to Washington. Listeners, we love you. <laughs> oh, also, if you want to get two bonus episodes a month. Find us on Bachelor of Hearts Presents Extra Credit on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash BOHpod. Um, I think we're going to have two bonus episodes this month. I actually don't know. It's getting a bit late. Fingers crossed. We're going to try and figure something out. Sorry if we don't. We can try and make it happen, listeners. Until then, we love you. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.